from Champaign, Illinois, this is the Jumping the Rail podcast with your hosts, Mark Redmond and Mike Nartolinas. Welcome to Jumping the Rail podcast here from Champaign, Illinois. This is episode 30, is it, Marco? I've lost count. Episode season. three of season two or episode four? I'm not season, sure which. I think it's episode four. Okay. But yeah, I can't count past 30. I think yeah. it's pretty much a given. Fuck it. Uh, I can't count past uh, nine and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, all you need to do is be able to count to 10, right? So, you know. well, yeah, but I can't because, you know, for half of my fingers missing. For those of you guys listening, it's. Uh, this is Mark Rebin, as usual, and I am joined in studio by the low-life thug, Marvin Moser. Marvin, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. How are you? And thanks for having me oh, on this podcast, man. Heck yeah. You're one, of the, one of the rising stars of Zero One USA <laughs> out of Mattoon, Illinois. Yes, yes. And, uh, of course, we have Corporal Captain Mark Orsted uh, spinning the wheels for us here. But uh, the, wheel. the wheels are pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a country song. Yeah, there's one in there somewhere. Yeah. Speaking of country music, quick uh, RIP to Loretta Lynn passed away today. Yep. Legend. Yes. But uh, she was not the only uh, notable name to uh, to leave this realm this past week. Uh, you kind of throw around the term icon or legend or whatever in pro wrestling. Uh, Antonio Inoki passed away on Friday, and he's one of those guys that goes like, the people, like fans nowadays, mainly know him as the promoter from New Japan for 40-some years. Uh, world champion in Japan, all over the world. Uh, trained with Giant Baba. Uh, 1972, he, he started New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, he had some really cool uh, moments. He fought Ali in 1976. Right on. The, uh, they said it was the first ever MMA fight, like technically, like if you think about it. Uh, kind of a kind of a crapper though. <laughs> he would spend his whole match on the on his back kicking at Ollie's legs, and Ollie wouldn't let him grapple. So did, kinda... did Ollie just punch him once, knock him over? Or... No, he just oh okay. Every every time Ollie would go in, Inoki go to his back and start throwing kicks, just which sound strategy, but didn't make for a real exciting Super fight. Super boring. Yeah, trying to get punched in the face when you're on the ground. This is very true. I think that was his. I think that was his plan. Just like just not get punched in the face. Yeah, I think. Brilliant. I think uh, the wrestler recognized that the professional boxer with the name like he did and the record he had would probably fucking actually hurt. <laughs> was he gloved? Was Ali gloved? Oh or yeah, not? yeah. Ali had his <clears throat> was his boxing gloves boxing on? gloves and everything, and Ali and Inoki just had his wrestling gear. He no oh. no tape fist, no boxing gloves or anything. Was, wow. We saw we saw the real version of that in Rocky Three. Yeah, when he beat Thunderlips. You guys yeah. talked about how he was a world champion all over the place, but from when I was reading and actually seeing in videos and stuff like that, people are actually saying that he's a former WWE champion back in the day. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I try to look that. I first. Uh, well, I have some notes. I'm prepared. Yeah. <laughs> he brought papers. That's right. He brought the receipts. So yeah, it was in 1979. He won the world. Uh, WWWF championship from Bob Backlund in mm-hmm. Japan. And then during a rematch, Backlund pinned Inoki to win it back, but 
there was interference from Tiger Jeet Singh, so the WWF president nullified the uh, title change. But Inoki refused to accept the uh, title back because he got pinned. So mm -hmm. then the belt just went back to Backlund, and it was pretty much ruled an unrecognized championship, so it never went into the record books. Six days of champion still. Yeah, right. That's kind of a thing you saw a lot of with Flair in the 80s. Like He would go, when he'd do tours like in Japan or in Asia, he would do like a phantom title switch with like a Harley race or giant Baba like for like three days. What was that? Puerto Rico? Was it in Puerto Rico or something like that where he got pinned by mistake or he, it, it was an audible. I think it was Trinidad. It was in central America. It was a deal with the crowd was basically borderline going to start a riot. Right. So Flair just basically told the guy to pin him and win the title. It's <laughs> just so they wouldn't kill him. But the NWA never recognized the title. So it just stayed on Flair. But the oh, fans thought that the, the fans thought that the guy, I think Jack Verano or something, I always get his name wrong, but they thought he he was their like national hero in wrestling. They thought he was. Did the you world say champion. Jack Sparrow? No, well, Captain I, Jack Sparrow. He was, he was so a, much cooler. He was not a captain. But uh, some other cool stuff. The about captain him, was the albino guy. Albano, not albino. Either way, <laughs> hey, he was pretty white too. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> uh, something cool, Nar Marco. You'll appreciate. I'm still getting used to not having Narge around. I've almost yeah. Narge. Yeah. Uh, he sends his condolences. Yeah. <laughs> Not well wishes or support. I don't know. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's getting, he's tying one on at the P is right now. He, he's he's tequila-ing the Narge. Yes. But with Inoki, he was actually a member of the Diet in Japan, which is basically their Senate. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I knew he got into politics yeah, as he got older. In 1989, yeah. he uh, was one of, the, he was a Republican, or a Republican, he was a politician and a statesman. He right. negotiated with Saddam Hussein to release Japanese hostages at one yeah. point. Yep. Uh, and then he promoted a two-day wrestling festival in North Korea in 1995, which was unheard of. Was trying right to, on. Trying to restore, like, good uh, feelings between North Korea and Japan. And they brought, like, Flair over to wrestle right. in the main event. Just a bunch of stars from New Japan and WCW came over for that one. Well, that's cool. And a huge crowd. I forget the Wasn't number. That a Dark Side of the Rain episode, too, when they yeah. went over there? Yeah, they did an episode of Dark Side He's of the Rain. He's literally reading the script from Dark Side of the Rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark's like, I didn't really want to put a lot of work in. I just said, here, read this. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, Inoki Paz, they said he'd had some health issues over this past few years uh 79 years old when he passed uh it was cool that they not only did they mention it on smackdown pretty much as breaking news on friday they mentioned the unrecognized title run which i don't think they would have done if vince was still in michael cole's ear because if it didn't happen officially it didn't happen with right on well, yeah if they didn't mention when vince is there you know what are the chances they're gonna mention it now or whatever, right right you now so i'm curious i want to keep my eyes out uh because as a loyal subscriber to NJPW World, I want to keep an eye out for the next New Japan show to see what they do. Because I usually do some pretty cool tributes and things like that. When right on. And with Japan, they do the big ceremony and things right, like that. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. so I'll be curious to see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, so RIP the, to the great Inoki. And uh, Marco, do you have the mm -hmm. 10 bells on there? You know, I can probably maybe make that work. All right, let's do that for Inoki and Loretta.
All right. Thank you, Marco. So, to, uh, well, not necessarily happier news, but more current wrestling-related uh, issues, there was some talk about Randy Orton this week, Marvin. Uh, yes. Number one, uh, they were saying his comeback is kind of up in the air with uh, nagging injuries. He hasn't been on TV in about June. And uh, they're saying he's got these lingering back issues mm-hmm. that he says. Well, landing on your back from RKO's, yeah. you know, for and, 20 years straight, it's going to do a thing. And like. that's pretty much what he said. He said you, if he'd known about that 20 years ago, he would have picked a different finish. Right, right. Which is kind of the same thing that happened to Hogan with the leg drop. That's why he always had all those hip problems, like as he got older. But uh, so – we don't know when Randy's coming back. Everybody's saying Royal Rumble, but now, you know, who knows? I mean, it'd be the logical choice because yeah. they're always doing big surprises, big returns oh, yeah. or something like so that. So that's definitely possible, but he's also a pretty private guy. He doesn't really show his hand too much when it comes to injuries or like when he's taking right. time off. Yep. So so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I mean, the guy wants to take, you know, just a few days. You know? I'd, I'd say he's earned he it. He doesn't want to. Exactly. Yeah. 20 years on the road, right. nonstop, mm-hmm. sacrifices and all that. Yeah, Something you may not know, Marvin, is I was actually in Peoria for his first match on SmackDown. Oh, really? In 2002. That's awesome. It was uh, him and Bob Holly, and Randy got the he got the win. Oh, that was uh, live TV, wasn't it? Or... Yeah, SmackDown, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. The only time I've ever been to a live TV taping was uh, when AEW was in Champaign. Yep. Like a couple of years ago or so? Uh, about or... three years ago. Three was, years ago? It was like a month after they went on like went on the air because yeah. I remember I was, I was there also. So man, it was insane being at a live TV tape and it was pretty cool because like the pyrotechnic, I was like almost in the halfway up the nosebleed sections, mm-hmm. but when that pyro was just going off and everything like you were just, you felt that he just, oh, yeah. just blasting your face. I was like, Holy crap. This is so awesome. I went, I love it. Love I, it. I went to a raw in 07 it was the go home show before WrestleMania that year, mm-hmm. and so, and I was kind of the same way. You, I was like halfway up, and this is, this is the uh, Allstate Arena up in Rosemont, and when Kane came out, same deal with the pyro, because he has like the crazy amount of pyro. Where it's just like mm-hmm. it's like it hits you like a ton of bricks, you know. Uh, the one guy I didn't see ever with this pyro in person was Booker T, with the mm-hmm. big big wall of fire that he would have on the stage. Yep. So I don't know how that was, but. With Kane, it was like a little like an explosion. Just goes. Now I've been to two two WWE like house shows mm-hmm. when they were in Champaign, and uh, one WWE pay per view, and then it was during the time when they took the pyro out of all the entrances oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And it wouldn't have been so awesome to see because it was at a Money in the Bank pay per view. Oh you yeah, know what I mean, there wouldn't have been like twenty pyros going off. So yeah, that probably would have cost a bunch of yeah. money. But, you know, hey, come on. Yeah, it's I crazy. It's crazy when the the uh, bean counters at the uh, corporate office decide what to have and not have on the big shows like that. And I was surprised that Pyro was the first thing to go because you would think that mm-hmm. Vince would have been like, "No, this has to be huge," you know. And you'd I gotta have, have this, brother. <laughs> oh, that's that's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who we got. Let's see, we have Dwayne. Our usual suspects are in the uh, in the chat. Hello. And uh, yeah, so so for those people listening that aren't from the Central Illinois area, Marvin, you uh, are a member of the Low Lifes 
security force yes, in Zero yes, One sir. USA. Sorry. I hear an echo. That's my bad. <laughs> it's all good. You're new. But, <laughs> but yeah, you've uh, there's some cool stuff going on in Zero One these days, and yes. it's it, it's cool to have you here because we can kind of get it from from the horse's mouth a little bit. Like, yeah, I, well, I can give you about as much as I can. You right, know? right. I got a few inside sources. Okay, so. One thing that Marco had mentioned on the last episode, and I don't know how much you know about this, is mm-hmm. apparently there have been talks about running a show in Champaign sometime coming up. Mm-hmm. But he had he didn't have a lot of information to offer. He just heard it through the grapevine a little bit. But what? is that something that's come up in the locker room? Um, not to my knowledge. Um, that would pro- you would have to ask the uh, more higher ups in yeah. the zero one anarchy. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, hierarchy, I meant to say, hierarchy. not anarchy. Well, it depends Whatever. on who you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never graduated with good spelling or words, you know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Mark I grew up in a small town, so. Hey, so did I. <laughs> I think now would be a perfect time for us to tell the story of your wrestling career. Oh, jeez. How you see it versus how it's been. <laughs> right now? Oh, um, so... You know, um, I not once did I think would I get to this point in my wrestling career of of having so many matches and and uh, man, I don't I don't know what to say because I'm not used to talking like this. But uh, um, basically, where I I just got lucky to where I'm at. You know, it's pure dumb luck. Um, at what point in time did you decide you wanted to do this at all? Well, um. From a very young age, um, I, you know, just like when I was like six or something, five, whatever, my uh-huh. brother and sister were the ones that really got me into wrestling because okay. they were they were watching it, and uh, man, um, I've always kind of was like, man, I kind of want to give this a try, you know, right. always as a kid, you know, but you know, there wasn't nothing within close proximity for me for right. you. You work in Rantoul, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you live now. up there. Uh, no, I live in a town called Cisna Park. Cisna Park, yeah. which is what is that? Um, is that? familiar with Paxton area? Okay, yeah, 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 it's yeah I know a, where you it's, are. Yeah, a little so south. So you're, of you're still in the Rantoul area. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not that much of a drive. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. So yeah, um, so five or six. So yeah, that um, wasn't just I'm five or six and I want to be a firefighter and you ended up a firefighter. It's was it something you perpetually thought? Like you actually, that's what you I, want, and you kept going there. I like, I kind of like, man, that would be really cool to try at least, you know. Right. And uh, but really, I was like, uh, I'm not sure what I wanted to do exactly to, with my life. But I mean, what right. really kind of pushed the scale of me finally getting trying to get out there? Uh-huh. This might sound a little weird, or you know, whatever. As long as it ain't legal, we can listen. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> was you ever heard of Glow? Gorgeous ladies, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, yes. on Netflix. I see. I, I watched. I mean, docu- I remember it too yeah. back when it was on. But yeah, I, I watched that documentary about oh, it. Oh, okay. And, and a couple of times, I've I watched it more than once. And right. I'm not gonna lie, it made me tear up. You know, it was because it's just a beautiful story. Well, you know, well and they were also Mount very Fuji, badly Fiji mistreated. And, and, yes, those women and, were mistreated. I mean, it was. Yes. it was sex objects in the ring. They were fighting for the opportunity to prove themselves yep. as ring people. And of course, the leering old men on the side were like, "Yeah, but look at the knockers on her." And it was it was pretty bad because uh, that time frame in our history, that was acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the late '80s, early '90s, or so. But then that was like when I was like, you know, just screw it. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to finally trying to put myself out there. Right. See what's available. See what right. I can do. 
And I tr- this is the honest answer. I only gave myself a year in this business. I really did. Because, like, right. uh, uh, Homer, Illinois, I was driving through there. Okay. And I found this promotion called uh, UWC, Ultimate Wrestling Coalition. Okay. And I talked to the promoter there to see whether it was available. And they said they talked to this guy named Blake Reed. Uh-huh. So I talked to him, went down to Terre Haute, Indiana for a while, trained. And then right. I got uh, involved with uh, another promotion. I just sat. So happened to sit next to the promoter of Zero One USA okay. at a UWC show. You're talking about David? David, yes. Okay, all right. And then I, I talked to him for a while and uh, said, hey, do you need help at, you know, at the shows? I'm like, yeah, sure, come on over. And I right did. On. And then it was like the show after that, I was at the right place, right time when I was asked, hey, do you want to be a security guard for this group? I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, And I've learned from watching all these YouTube videos and stuff yeah. like that that, you know, don't say no to it, you know, an opportunity. Because right. this is an it opportunity, takes... a foot in the door. It, it might grow into something. Like like Stone Cold Steve Austin once right. said, like, you know, he hated the name Rainmaster or something, right? Yeah, it was right whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah, he didn't okay. like his original, yeah. Yeah, he didn't like it, but he was like, ah, you know, screw it, you know. Damn kid, I'm going to. It's a foot in the door, god damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, Give me a beer. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a foot in the door, and I... After the show and everything that happened, I went up and it's like, hey, do you want me back next month? And right. he was like, um, it was Jordan. And I was like, he's like, mm, yeah, I'm going to bring the shirt next month. And, and here I am. I'm right. <laughs> I'm on posters. I'm having matches at like the Decatur Civic Center. And right. It's now, is this something you, it's a, you it's want an, or think will grow beyond where you're at? Or is this kind of man, your comfort level? I well, I hope it becomes something bigger you know i mean, I mean do you, whatever wrestler do you, do wants, you, they want you to go yeah, big, but i mean like know? you know you know how much how much dedication to this do you have as far as like do you hit the gym daily do you eat right <laughs> drink i mean i'm asking because no, no, i mean good, i know where good. it all goes because i mean you watch these guys in the pros the mm-hmm. big pros like wwaw these fuckers are jacked they're living yep. i wouldn't say they're living right they just happen to have the body chemistry to make it right you know and the smaller promotions you tend to see you mm-hmm. know guys that aren't ever going to get there and then you've got a couple guys that sneak through but do you have aspirations or ambitions or well okay so this um i get a good enough workout working at the job i do because i have to lift like heavy parts and stuff like that they're like 60 50 40 pounds whatever you know and i'm doing that multiple times so that's my workout there you know i do that eight ten you know and just like that definitely keeps you in shape yeah it it, that's good and that's good enough shape for me but (laughs) because i was told you know i'm always wondering why you why were these people like such fans of me? You know, uh-huh. that, that's the biggest question I've always had and still do kind of, but, uh, I'm told because you, you're like John every man. Well, and that's, that's jo- kind of why I was going person. You're very, yeah. you're an every man type. And yes. it's like, so if I got real, you know, buffed ripped, you know, Johnny six pack or Johnny eight pack or whatever, you right. know, would I really be representing John every man? You know, I gotta have the, gut on me a little bit you know well i think i think only half of know, that yeah. only half of that applies to that because i think the other half is the personality of the person right okay but if you if you you know i don't think you're an everyman if you walk into a room like you own the room mm-hmm. but if you walk in like i'm hungry enough to try to own the room then you're right. an everyman the guy that owns the room isn't an everyman he's now part of the top click right now he's not an everyman anymore so i get it all right well, well i'm gonna turn you yeah. back over to mark here it's good talking to you all right. yes Yep, Marco, you have a free path to uh, to do what you got to do. And, uh... Taramana. <laughs> That's your family crest, isn't it? I need Taramana. Yes, 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 yes. 
It's actually British. Believe British, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am back. I had to step out for a second. Sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, we were talking about Randy Orton here mm-hmm. before we got into Zero One. And uh, actually, the thing I was going to ask, get back to like finish up with Zero One, uh, the October 22nd show coming up. Yes. Uh, tell us, do you know some of the uh, matches you got announced for that yet? Yes, I actually do have a few, uh, you know, inside knowledge on that. Um, one being um, there's going to be a battle royal at the start of the show for mm-hmm. the number one contendership for the heavyweight title. Nice. Yes, yes. Um, at You know, the, of course, the winner is going to go on main event the show against Jake Lander. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to go all WWE on this. And, uh, you know how they like some people just like to announce that they're in the Royal Rumble and stuff right. like that. But, oh, yeah. So I'm actually saying that I will be part of that Battle Royal for the All number right. one contendership. Awesome. We got the scoop. Marvin Mar- is winning the Battle Royal at the, yes. on the 22nd. Marvin Mania will be running wild <laughs> like it's never had before. There you go. <laughs> but, man, I'll tell you what, though. Seriously, if, if you were to pull off that Battle Royal, I'm the crowd would be white hot for you uh, if geez, you had a title shot. It's, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Now, I'm not comparing Jake Lander to Mike Awesome in any way, but it makes me think of ECW when Spike would wrestle Awesome on pay-per-views, you know. Like, just, you wouldn't think that, and I'm talking about Spike specifically, you wouldn't think he would have a shot against a guy like Mike Awesome. Oh, no, not at all. He was getting tossed through, I think he averaged four tables a match. Was it Bam 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 that threw him, like, 50 yards into the crowd? Or was it Mike? Bam Bam did it, and then I think Bubba did it. Once or twice. Okay. But uh, not awesome. That'd be so awesome. Awesome if I can actually pull that off. Oh, man. That'd be so cool. But uh, yeah, awesome, I think, was just content to throw him through tables. <laughs> he wasn't going for distance. He was just mm-hmm. you know, maximum destruction. But he was one of my favorites. And, I think well, Tommy Dreamers has actually bragged about he holds the record for going through the most tables really? in, in the promotion. It's either four or five of them. Like when uh, when uh, Brian Lee, I think the fake, fake Undertaker, right? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, he uh, chokes them off that balcony that where Joey Styles the Eagles was. Nest, the Eagles Nest, yeah. yes, choked like three them. or four tables. Yeah. yeah, it was. I think I remember on the Bloodsport DVD when it came out, he talked about that. Yeah. I think, was or I it was the rise and fall of ECW. Either way, I remember that led to the uh, high incident match, which was the scaffold match with Dreamer and Lee, where <laughs> then then Lee wound up going through a shit ton of tables yeah. in the ring. Yeah, and I uh, listen. There was actual commentary on that match. And Tommy Dreamer went on to say, like, uh, Sandman was actually the one that yeah. built that thing. Oh, yeah. That's crazy to me. <laughs> and it was the most... <laughs> it was the most rickety-looking thing I ever saw. <laughs> it was being held by chains and ropes. Yeah, it was just swinging back and forth. Electrical wire just hanging in the building. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but, hey, to Sandman's credit, it did not come down. So It did, yeah. Held both of them. Yeah. Because Brian Lee was not a small man. He was no, six, no. seven... I mean, no offense to Tommy Dreamer, but he's no small man either. No, especially no. <laughs> I, I love Dreamer. I'm a big Dreamer fan. Uh, but yeah, he was always around that 250 mark too. So those scaffolds, we gotta they got to have a little bit of load bearing to them. Yes, sir. But uh, but no, that's uh, I love watching. It'd be an interesting to be part of a scaffolding match. You couldn't I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but you know. You couldn't pay me enough we'll to see what get happens. up on a scaffold. I got I, I'm not a fan of high high places, especially when there's nothing to hold on to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so scaffold, I can understand that. They kind of got that Jim Cornette thing where, you know, when he went off the scaffold and blew out both of his knees. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. He busted his ACL, and that was like his biggest injury in wrestling. Yeah, because uh, Bubba couldn't see him because he had his sunglasses <laughs> on, so yeah. he couldn't catch him. Yep. 
because that was the plan. It was supposed to be he was going to fall and Bubba was going to catch him and everything was going to be fine, but Bubba lost him in the lights, to use a baseball term. I just had a wrestling match, like, last week, or was it this past Saturday? But anyway, I someone dove over the top rope, and I was going to catch him, and I got just nailed in the face by their foot. But, oh. you know, that's part of wrestling. Oh, yeah. I wanted to make sure the guy wasn't going to crack his head open right? on the concrete, you know? That's right. There was a guy, I used to go to IWA Mid-South shows up in Joliet, back when I lived up in Aurora, and there was a cat named Jason Strife, who was kind of a junior heavyweight kind of... Not an enhancement guy, but he he rarely won. Mm-hmm. But good athlete, and he had a spot. Every match he would do either doing a slingshot over the top to the floor or just jumping off the top rope to the floor where everybody would just scatter, and he would just do a just plant right on the gym floor in this record center they were in. See, I'm trying to – oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, but, but... Uh, literally, it's like you could hear it echo when he would land because it's like a basketball <laughs> floor, and I'm thinking – and he, and he get up. I was like, "Yeah, I'd be selling that for two days." Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to now. Like, I get. I'm getting so jacked in the rain now that, like, you know, with energy and like, oh, yeah. just like you know that adrenaline. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to jump over the top rope now. Because, but you know, I'm not that athletic. I mean, you know, I I can't really. I don't have a good vertical leap. Sure. So I tried to jump over the rope, hit it, bounce back. You know. Yeah. And then I was like, "Well, crap! Gotta try to." Try one more time. Try to go through the ropes. Maybe make it a little easier. Yeah, there you go. And that failed again. Do the Austin Aries go th- between the bottom and the second rope? And well, I, I, you that, know, that I, seems I, hard to do. I learned, I learned from that second one. So I was like, well, okay. So I just ran up to the rope, stopped, and just stepped right on through, and then jumped. There off. you go. But the guy caught me and threw We're, me into a steel post. But whatever. well, we won't mention that. But that's why they call it high risk. That's right. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. So. Um, I do have a couple more matches if you want to know what sure. they are. So, so besides that number one contendership, I also do uh, can say that there's going to be Joey versus Cobra too. Ooh, yes, that'll be fun. Ooh. And the, it was a, it was a heck of a match, you know. Last time, I can't I can't imagine what they're going to be doing to top this one. You know what I mean? I mean it's going to be insane, right? And so there were, and besides, and after that, there's going to be a uh, triple threat match. For the junior junior heavyweight title, I saw something about yes. this on on Facebook. Today. Yeah, it's going to be between Anakin Murphy, uh, Fidget, and An- Victor Analog. Cool. Yes, yes. That should be fun. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Anakin, you look at him and you think he's going to break in half. He's he's not a he's not a he's not a large guy. He's, that dude is tough. But I'm telling, and he was, is like insane. Tough. Yeah, he can take a lick, and from what, every time I've yes, seen sir. him work, he just will get his ass beat. But mm-hmm. he can take it and he can dish it out. So yeah. So he's fun to watch. I, w- I don't want to mess with him too much because, I mean, like I say, you, you think he's just this skinny little guy, but, man, he could pack a punch. Right. He could take abuse. He just keeps coming at you more and more and more and more. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. But then you got you guys, like, you got Fitchett, who from – I haven't seen a whole lot of his work. I've seen what I've seen at mm-hmm. the shows I've been to and doing the uh, – you know, he's a good technical wrestler, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Analog I've only seen once. And, uh, oh, you're missing out, man. He, he won me over with the TV on his head. Oh, but, that's I love that. Like, he's got <laughs> one of my favorite interests in Zero One right now because yeah. all the lights go out and all the, his music starts hitting and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a party it's when he comes out. It's amazing. I'll tell you, my wife dances when he comes out because <laughs> she likes the songs. So. Oh, dude, it's a party backstage. <laughs> let me tell you. Nice. But uh, one thing I always liked about Zero One is, in, I'm an indie guy going back to 
the mid 2000s mm-hmm. and the fact that your junior heavyweight title is the old NWA Midwest X Division title just tickles me and Austin Aries Austin Aries was the first ever yep. junior heavyweight champion of the zero one brand that's, that's right but yeah. it, it looks like the old TNA X Division title that had the red X on it, but it has a gold X, which I think mm-hmm. I always thought was cooler than the TNA version. Right. So I'm glad that belt is still getting some uh, some use and some vision out of it. So. Oh, it's been it's been held by some huge names that you see on TV. Oh yeah, like, Seidel, Delirious. Yeah. Uh, Jason Dukes is the last guy I remember being the champion. That was back in like 08, 07. But uh, but yeah, I thought it was a cool belt. I'm a I'm a belt nerd. I love cool title belts. So oh, I do. One of my favorites is still the hardcore title. Yeah, I I love it, miss it, and I can understand why they probably won't bring it back. But yeah, I mean, but you know, yeah, we can we can rejoice in that they seem to have discontinued the twenty four seven title though. Have they really? They haven't they had have... it on TV since Triple H has been. Well, yeah, the show. yeah. I, I don't remember seeing any like funny videos or anything like that of them. No, they haven't really done much with it. In the last couple times I've seen Dana Brooke on TV, she hasn't had the belt with her. So mm, yeah, so they probably did yeah. retire it. Yeah, quite low key like the cruiserweight title. Yeah, just didn't put it on Hornswoggle this time. No, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't. To be honest with you. Right. As, as the kooky, you know, characters and everything else that, yeah. the randomness. I mean, Santa was a 24-7 champion, I think, at one I, time. I think you're right, yeah. I think Reggie Bush, a couple of the Fox sports guys were. Kyle Bush, I think it was, too. One of the, one of the race car drivers. I can't remember. Yeah, might one been, of the race been car Kurt, guys. Might have been Kurt Bush. Okay. Uh, I keep I can't well, keep track of all One of the Bush brothers. One of the Bushes, yeah. Yeah. Curlier. Out My of, dad always said it doesn't make any sense that Bush guys, like, what car did he have as a sponsor? No, uh, blank. Kyle right. was the M M&M and M car, and Kurt was. Did he have Miller Lite for a while? I almost want to say it's Miller Lite because my dad was saying it didn't make any car. sense that a Bush guy is driving a. It doesn't make any sense that a Bush guy is driving a Miller Lite car. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He should have had like Bush Lite or something. Yeah, it just that makes, makes sense. a lot more sense. Yeah, exactly. It's in the name. <laughs> Or if you should have won the Bush series every year when it was then they sponsored the That what? was the sec like it was the, the Dell It was the minor league Yeah like the It's NXT. like the NXT yeah. to WWE, yeah. Exactly. How do we get on race cars? <laughs> the- <laughs> this is what we do here. It's jumping the rail for a reason, because we will just fly off of any given topic at any time. <laughs> uh let's see. Menders, thank goodness that 24-7 belt is hopefully gone. I think a lot of people agree with that. Dwayne? I mean, if they actually had, like, decent, somewhat, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be, like, a five-star classic, you know, like, a memorable one, at least. Like, who who, who forgets the, you know, Crash Holly going through Funtime Playland or whatever it was, (laughs) you know? Or just any of the stuff, like, when, I think it was Gerald Briscoe was taking a nap and Patterson came in and pinned yeah, him. While I he remember. Was I remember watching that. He's like, everybody's just like, Shh, quiet, quiet. Yeah. One, two, three. But then yeah. Pat jumps up and yells, and Gerald wakes up like. A, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, Dwayne. Yeah, twenty four seven title brought some comedy mm-hmm. to Monday Night Raw, which it did. It did. And sure. It did have I some mean, entertaining at one, segments. At but, one point, I mean, I would almost say it was like the most talked about thing on Raw yeah, because like, there was just everything else was the same old thing. Yeah, I could be wrong, but whatever. I think that was a lot to do with our truth more than the title, though. Well, yeah, that's truth good, is a born yeah. showman, as, uh, yeah, as that's we good all point, know. Good point. Well, he's won that like what eighty nine, seventy seven thousand nine hundred eighty two times. It's now. a ridiculous number <laughs> that I I I lost track. But of. hey, does Ric Flair have that many reigns? Hey, no. Ric Flair says 
he he insists that he is a 21 time world champion with yeah. fandom title changes and things. So. Yeah. So that's I why think I remember reading that on the the good old fashioned Wikipedia. Yeah, and they're never wrong. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you can never put it on the internet if it's wrong. That's true. I think Abe Lincoln said that. Abraham Lincoln says, don't believe everything you read on the internet. I thought it was Washington, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you know more than I do. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I do know that Lincoln left a pretty bad Yelp review from the Ford Theater. Mm. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would. He had a headache from it and everything. <laughs> yeah. I need another visit there, like a hole in the head, he said. <laughs> I should, I need to stop. <laughs> next subject. Next subject. Yeah, keep me in line here, Marvin. So. <laughs> You actually, and I think you still hold the record for being the most viewed video on our Jumping the Rail YouTube oh, really? page really? with our chat that we had after yeah. the Zero One show. And I want to bring back a story just for the uh, for the listeners that may not have seen that. What do you got? Uh, talk about how you got Jeff Hardy's blessing to do the Swanton Bomb. Ah, yes. This is growing into one of my favorite stories. <laughs> but uh, so it, I can't remember the exact name of the promotion that... Uh, was renting the rain from zero one um big time wrestling i think um so i was like i always i kind of enjoyed i always did like the swan tom off various things as a child which is probably why my bag is screwed up exactly (laughs) you know but don't try this at home right so anyway um during my training i did it a few times and uh i wanted to you know, be a real wrestler and ask for permission to use people's finishers. Cause I thought, you know, that's like that's how true. to gain respect from people. Yeah. So, uh, someone dared me to do it. And I was like, you know, watch me, watch me. I'll do it. Yeah. 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 Well, just watch it. So Matt and Jeff heard me on the show and they had their match. I waited for a while for them to cool down and get, you know, do what they had to do. And I went backstage, shook their hand and I looked right at Jeff and I said, sir, I'm a, I'm a, I was like this. I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling too. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I got this match coming up, and I really love the Swanton Bomb. And I was wondering if it's okay if I can use use it with your permission. He's just like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. I'm I'm almost done with it, so yeah, go. You're good, man. It's like, dude, thank you so much. And then, and my excitement, I was like, I looked at man. I was like, thank you. Like the Jeff, thank you, and just kind of turn around and yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but and, and maybe I should cool. talk to them more, but whatever. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you were respectful about it. You know, yes. Just, I I was listening to Busted Open this morning, and a caller called in and asked uh, Bully Ray uh, if the Usos got his permission to use the 3D. I remember they hearing call it, about they call this. it the 1D now, but yeah. Uh, and Bubba said pretty much he they didn't have to like he, he wouldn't have he didn't expect them to. But I guess the story is that they got uh, Devon's blessing because Devon's a backstage producer right. for WWE. So they went to him backstage and he gave them their blessing. And then Bubba gave them his uh, thumbs up when he saw them do it. And, mm-hmm. and he's, yeah, he said it, it's the traditionally it's the respectful thing to do to ask, but nobody really ex- like needs you to ask. Well, right. It was like I always thought there is no way I'm going to meet anybody, you know, that I've seen on TV before, you know, whatever. But. I just saw it as like, you know, this is probably going to be my one and only opportunity to do something crazy like this. Right. And maybe it's not crazy to any extent, but it's crazy for me. But uh, it's like, I have to do this. This oh, is going to yeah. be the one time I'm going to see Jeff Hardy, you know, this close as like me and you are sitting, oh, yeah. sitting right now. You know, I'm not going to have that again. So I got to just 
you know, take a deep breath, pull the trigger, and say, yeah. like, Jeff, can I use the move? You know? It's one of the things you're going to regret for the rest of your life if you don't exactly. take advantage exactly. of Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember you telling me that story. I thought it was awesome. So I wanted to put it out in the podverse. Oh, it's it's amazing when, like, people's like, come up to me with, like, uh, one person that actually knows the, the truth about the, you know, me asking permission um, brings another person that's a little bit in disbelief about it. And I'm like, maybe he's like, do you really have Jeff Hardy's permission? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. true story, 100%. And like, they're like, that's amazing. I've never met Jeff Hardy. I met Matt once at a signing at the uh, Toys R I think it was Toys R Us. Was it here. like at the height of the, the broken? Oh, no, this, is, long, this is long before that. This is like in 2002. It was the oh. Mattitude era. Uh, but they were doing a house show at the assembly hall. Mm-hmm. And this is like right before Survivor Series. And he was doing a signing at the Toys R Us. And my, a couple of my buddies and I went over there. And yeah, couldn't have been nicer. You know, cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't get, uh, I just, they had those like hand, like the eight by 10 things that just had like the white background and right. the WWE logo on it that they were signing. I don't know what I did with it. It's somewhere. But yeah, couldn't have been I a have... nicer guy. The one I, the one uh, photo, like what you were just talking about, I, I have from a person that's on t- uh, Tommaso Champa. Oh, nice. Uh, it was uh, had the opportunity to go help set a rain up, you know, for one, like one of the last Evolve shows before it went under, before the whole COVID thing went down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the person that stood right next to him when they were doing the signings and the taking the photos and stuff like that. Um, I took the picture for him, you know, like said, "Hey, you got the money here, you know." All right, here you go. Give me your phone. Did yeah. that stuff. And yeah. And I talked to him a little bit, you know, yeah. a small conversation. He's like, How was the flight? Oh, you get any Starbucks? No? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this one star is one of the largest Starbucks in the world. Yeah. yeah friend of the show, uh, Jonathan Mayer, uh, guy does a really cool unboxing channel on YouTube. Uh, I saw him at the Squared Circle Expo this past April, and he was doing that where he was assisting Danhausen. Oh, like man. he was. I, well. Yeah, and all he was really had to do was take the pictures. Danhausen was doing everything. He was taking the money and meeting the people. Mm-hmm. Great guy, you know. Everybody starts somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Danhausen. Like who? Who knew a uh, security guard? You know, fighting with another security guard for a position would be <laughs> one of the biggest things in zero one and or me even have, have me. As you know, people cheering that that's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And you know, you started a trend now because there was a security What's guy tr- in uh, NXT that had a match on uh, TV a couple weeks ago and actually got a win. So, oh, really? I forget the guy's name, but he well, was... I'm gonna have to call some gimmick infringement on this. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... as long as he doesn't cut half his finger off. So, no, I, I think, you're, we'll I think you're good there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely mine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It is> yours. <laughs> so, uh, let's kind of get back on, uh, Track a little we bit. Kind of, we kind of divert a little bit, but it's yeah, all right because well, we got you know, it's we got about, some we got, good stories out of it. We got to fill some time. Yeah, yeah. So this Saturday, yes. uh, Extreme Rules is going on mm-hmm. WWE, and what I've seen is actually a pretty good looking card so far, match wise. Well, I'm excited. It's just you know, at Extreme Rules uh, pay per view or what? What are they called? Premium live events. Premium now. live event. Now. Yeah. My apologies. Please don't <laughs> sue me. Um, I won't but, tell. Uh, um what is it i thought i lost concentration now well i got the list of the matches on here oh the the, it was uh like all the matches are like somewhat have a stipulation yeah it's that's the the exciting thing it's all gimmick matches yeah 
like, they first did that when it actually became like a pay per view. You know, the Extreme Rules pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it it just got so annoying to the when they were like saying, "Oh, come to the Extreme Rules pay per view and watch this, this." It's just uh, bomb. Oh, uh, crap! We gotta uh make uh make this match of Extreme Rules. Okay, okay, and that would be the only stipulation match. And right. Like, but this is an extreme rules pay per view yeah. where things get crazy. I mean, you're supposed to be doing something like tables match, or yeah. I quit, ladder, whatever, you know, come or some silly little match. Yeah, and and what I like is all the stipulations on these matches make sense with the storyline that they're running. It's not like it they're just having a random. Well, I mean, does the Edge and Balor one make any kind of sense? Uh, it it I I see the logic in it because. The Judgment Day is trying to take Edge out, and trying to make, trying to break him, trying to get him to quit, trying to get him to go home. Okay. And then, uh, but yeah, and Edge uh, cut the promo yesterday talking about how the comeback has taken its toll on him, and it always gets a little bit harder to to keep going. Well, yeah. So now he's basically going in with Balor to try to break it because he his story is he's trying to end the Judgment Day. And uh, and yeah, so this is and it's exciting for me because this is a first time matchup, Edge and Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and something different. How crazy is that? Oh, Wes Pinkley, no Marvin, that finger is mine. LOL, he says. Well, you gave it back to me, so. <laughs> and it's not attachable anymore. So thanks for that. Oh, yeah, there's a pretty lively conversation going on between Wes and Minders on here. <laughs> it's like they're fighting for custody of your finger. Oh, but, uh, yeah, Wes, I didn't realize last episode you were on uh, that you were in the business until Minders smartened me up after the show was over. So that's awesome. And uh, we're glad you're with us on the uh, on the Zoom there or on the uh, on the thread. Yeah, uh, it, it, the man who just got a little bit jealous and wanted to send a message, you know, with me by just. Chopping my finger off. Oh, you got him. If you're going to make an impact. <laughs> well, it's definitely a way to send a message. I'll I give him that. I suppose so. I mean, I, it's not how I would do it, but, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wish, it, I too wish it didn't happen, but it did. Well. Yeah. And who knew, we'd get, you know, who knew? Does he, uh, does he have a receipt coming? Well, the man retired on me. So. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a little, he got a little, <laughs> he, you know, he heard the rumblings of, he, he heard the buzz going on about Marvin. The, he heard the Marvin Mania train coming, so he's like, man, I got to dip. I got to dip and right. get, retire. I'm done. No more of this. Uh, Marvin, my bad. This one's on me. I'm out. Peace. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, so so we talked about the I quit. Uh, yes. And uh, Bianca Belair and... Bailey in a ladder match, right. which I'm pretty excited for that. I mean, yeah. how often do you see a women's ladder match in WWE? Uh, they said this is the first time they've had two women go in a ladder match for a title because they've had the money. In oh, the bank was, it was before. the triple threat one. Yeah. It was like uh, Oscar, Becky, and Charlotte. I yes. remember that. Yes. So they've had triple threats. They had money in the bank. This is the first right. one-on-one ladder match that they've the two women have had. Really? That's what they're saying. And if they say it, it has to be true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking of the one that was a. Uh, when they came out with the greatest ladder matches ever on DVD, like many many years ago, mm-hmm. um, the there was a one on one women's ladder match, but it was like in uh, OVW, I think. 
I think when it, when it was owned by WWE, at yeah, the when it was their developmental, or it was F- but either way, it was a women's ladder match. You, you might be right. I don't remember. Who, it was a pretty good one too. I don't remember who was in that one. Beth Phoenix and uh, and uh, who was the guy that did the pirate gimmick? Oh, uh, Birchall. Yeah, and his, Paul Birchall. Katie that, Lee. Yes, it was between her and Beth Phoenix. Okay. Oh. And I think it was like a unification thing too. What they they were doing. Now with the Bianca Belair Bailey, I would have liked to uh, seen the uh, the payoff because before Bailey got hurt, it was supposed to be an I Quit match for the mm-hmm. title. Yeah. So, but you know, I get it now. That's part of Edge and Balor's. So right. Like I mean, the ladder match, great substitute. Yeah, but they also can't wait. They're working in the story though because at Hell in a Cell last year, Bianca did her finish on Bailey on the ladder. So they're Ooh. working that back in, and that finish is hard enough to look at. On, on Man, I gotta rewatch it because I don't remember that. Was it towards the end, right? I, I think it was the finish. His, uh, his... Man, I don't remember him flattering that. I've I've only watched this show once, and that was when it was when it aired. But right, uh, right. But yeah, so they're working the ladder back into the excuse me into the storyline, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a Which, banger. Now that you say that, kind of you know, the ladder match now yeah. makes sense. So. And then Bailey cut her promo last night saying that it was symbolic of her climbing the ladder to success again because her her narrative is that Bianca was handed everything you know the typical bitter heel rhetoric 101 so so it makes sense that they're they're doing that and I think it'll that match could very easily steal the show oh yeah for sure because Bianca's an insane athlete and Bailey's well the one thing I'm scared about Bianca Belair and I'm not saying I you know she's not a professional or anything I'm sure she knows what she, she knows what she's doing I know, but the one thing that always scares me is with that long braid of hers is that it's going to get, like, wrapped up and tied up somehow around the rope, and she's not going to know, and it's just, gonna, like, something's going to happen. You know? so, it always kind of scares yeah. me like that, but so I know I, what she knows. So I read something. What she's doing. I read something before, and then I had to go back and watch her stuff after I read it. Apparently, if you watch, she always has her braid in her hand no matter what she's doing. Yeah. And I think it's for that very reason, so she okay. has it under control. She's not going to trip over it or right. anything. Like even when she like does the handspring into the ropes and the moonsault, she has the braid in her hand. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, when she goes up and does a for four fifty, she does it with her braid in her hand. She's she's always got it under control. It's like Jake mm-hmm. with Damien. He's always oh, got the yeah, snake. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it seems like that's like thing she has to consciously be aware of is not to get her hair in the way and mm-hmm. things like that. What's that sound like? Me, a motherfucker! Oh, when she hits geez. people with it. I can't. It's hard to believe something like that would hurt. But I mean, I get it. You right? know, and so I, if you tie it like. With the way yeah, she does, enough, yeah. yeah, and yeah. people always it's gonna hurt like hell. When I think it was her match with Becky when she, and then all the fans were like, "Oh no, that's a work. It wasn't real." I was like, "Dude, <laughs> I love it when people say that." I'm yeah, like, it's people think they know everything, and mm-hmm. it's funny that I'm saying that because <laughs> I do know everything. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let's see, strap match: Dave, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. I'm looking forward to this one. That's a strap match. A strap match, yeah. yeah. Uh, joined at the wrist. Uh, I think it's like a twelve foot long leather strap. Are they doing the? Touch the four corners kind of thing, or is this uh, one fall? Or? I think it's I think it's just pinfall or submission. They haven't they didn't say anything, but they might be more clear on that on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm sure they'll say it like they're doing the intros or something. Yeah, like that. if it was a traditional uh, strap match, it would be four corners, right? Which is how I like strap matches. Mm-hmm. Or, That's the way most of them that I remember mm-hmm. is you had to touch in continuation. 
You know, you can't touch one, two, go back right. 10 minutes later, and then right. one, two. If your progress gets stopped, then the count exactly. resets. Uh, I'm a pick a picky person about that kind of thing, like especially in tables matches. Mm-hmm. Like I like nowadays most table matches you have like you accidentally put your hand through a table, you know, and they're like, oh, oh, you just went through a table. I remember Cody Rhodes and Big Show. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. Big Show got drop kicked off the apron and his foot went through the table. Yeah, and he lost. Yeah, I'm like, you got him. It's like, come you on, kidding me? <laughs> come on, like. Watching the Dudley Boys and Hardys when they first did this at a Royal Rumble 2000, uh-huh. you know, the what is it? Matt Hardy went through a table and then Jeff Hardy went through a table, yeah. but but they weren't put through the table. They, it has to be an offensive maneuver, right? According to Jr. and Kane. Uh huh. That's a that's a pretty savvy way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with. Do you remember Kalisto and Strowman had a dumpster match? Same deal. Who was it? Uh, Braun Strowman and Kalisto. <sighs> Yes. And same deal. Kalisto yes. hit like a drop kick and Braun put one foot in the dumpster. And yeah. He said that he lost. I did. <laughs> and then Braun murdered him. Kalisto's got to win over Braun Strowman oh, in a dumpster. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's so dumb, but I like it. Yeah, but that's but you need to do that every now and then. Just that anything can happen element. Yeah, I mean, you know? if, you, if you're good at continuously saying for 40, 50 years that anything can happen in professional right. wrestling, you actually have to do right. it so like, in a feasible way. That's like title matches at house shows. You got to do a title change on house shows every now and then. Yeah. So people will think, oh, I, next time they're here, I got to be there because they might, they might have a new champion or something. Well, the, you know? la- the last one I can remember is happening is when AJ Styles won the, was it US, US uh, title at Madison Square, at Madison Square Garden? I believe you were right. Uh, be gender, I th- not gender, KO. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I remember when that happened. And I think you're right. I think that's the last time. Yeah, I can't. Well, if you, I don't know. It happened one time in NXT when it was uh, Balor versus Samoa Joe. Was it that a house show? It was at a house show. When the first title uh, title changed hands between mm-hmm. them, That's it happened at a house show. Okay. Cool. I remember, I liked watching those two go because they had some good matches. Uh, strap, with a strap match, uh I'm torn because Cross is on the come up right now. Mm-hmm. So you think he he'll get he the looks win? So weird with all that hair now. Yeah, I know. He, I'm used to bald Cross, you yeah. know. But uh, Drew is. I think Drew can afford a loss at this at this point, especially in a strap match if it's four corners. Right. But uh, yeah, they got to do better with yeah, the fireballs. Yeah, he's been looking strong in all his other feuds right now. I think. Yeah. So you know, trying to put someone over like Killing a Cross, I would, I would imagine him losing. But you yeah. just. You just never know. You never know. That's true. And uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big cross guy. I remember when he was an impact it's, and he yeah. was fun to watch. So it's kind of like uh, have you heard of Logan? You, I'm sure you have Logan Paul's face in Roman Reigns. Oh yeah, yeah. at Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's like you you know you know it, Jake Paul's not gonna win or Logan Paul whatever his name is. <laughs> um, you know he's not gonna win, but those Saudi at Crown Jewel shows. They're always kind of a crapshoot because you honestly think Goldberg was going to beat, you know, the Fiend for the Universal title. Yeah. You you, you thought, like, yeah, he's going to put on a show, but you never thought he was actually going to go over, and look what yeah. happened. It it always makes me wonder how much the Sheik or whoever the president of Saudi Arabia, whoever they're doing the show for, mm-hmm. has any input in the matches. Like, oh, I want I want Goldberg to win the championship. Right. And they say, okay, done, you know, but... Money but, talks. Yeah, yeah. But I always thought that the Fiend didn't need any championships. 
his character was strong enough that he was going to get over regardless. Right. And uh, and I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt. Um, I was having ever since he ditched the Husky Harris gimmick and went to the Max Cady kind of stuff like the Cape Fear gimmick in NXT. Do you remember like when Punk first left WWE? It like he was this kind of on the verge of the Bray Wyatt thing. Um like every like every time someone seen him out in public or like he, he someone heard his music or something like that they were like oh is is punk coming back oh, yeah. is this do you feel like the Bray Wyatt's like the new person that replaces that kind of kind of thing cuz like right now it's like there's that white rabbit being mm-hmm. teased in WWE that I'm wondering if they everybody's like oh this is Bray Wyatt this is Bray Wyatt yeah. and like oh, oh and like this new thing's going to be Bray Wyatt nope it's not all the hints for the White Rabbit thing just scream Bray Wyatt to me, just with the think, just yeah. with the hints. But that's where, and I'm afraid that if it's anybody other than Bray Wyatt, like if it's Joe Gacy coming up from NXT, or if it's, I know and this is a million to one shot, if it's Aleister Black coming back, the fans are gonna revolt because they mm-hmm. want they want their Bray Wyatt back. Yeah, yeah, and I do too. I but I think he can come back without the Fiend. I want to, if he comes back. I want him to come I, back with the Max Cady. See the fiend, I want to see him come back with the Max Cady gimmick, the Cape Fear gimmick that he had with the straw hat and the rocking chair and the lantern. And oh, I'm sure. Sh- well, yeah, he'll probably return that, return to that, and then the dust down the fiend the off every yeah. now and then, like yeah. how Finn Balor does the demon on occasion. Well, you know, you know Mick Foley with the three three faces of Foley. You right, know, he right. was Dude Love for a while, yeah. then went to Mankind, Cactus Jack, you know, yeah. back to Dude Love. I I I do think that they kind of overuse the fiend during that first run for Bray, like every match was a fiend match. They should have, mm-hmm. they should have spaced it out more, have Bray wrestle more as himself. And then for the special matches. Yeah. He did do that with, uh, with, with the Miz. Yeah. He wrestled the Miz as himself, but every, most of the title matches he had were as the fiend. And I thought they should have spaced out for the big, like if he was wrestling Roman or Braun, mm-hmm. but if he's defending against, uh, like I said, he did with the Miz or like a Ziggler. Or... You know, I don't think they even he didn't even defended the title against the Miz. That like that be... like swamp match with Braun Strowman that they had that video mm-hmm. package. I don't think that title was even on the line. No, it was a non-title match yeah. because Braun was a champion in that match. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Then Bray won won it in the next match. Yeah, and that's right. when Roman came okay. back. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Oh you no, there. you're good. All right, so you see, is there a tag team match going on? There is not a tag team. Well, there's a six man tag team: Donnie Brook, the Brawling Brutes, yeah, and Imperium. Yeah, I'm re- yeah, but they have not announced anything for the tag titles or anything with the Usos, which kind of surprises me. Yeah, you think they would do something? Yeah. It could be like a pre-show thing. Well, not a match per se, but like a, a segment. Segment. Yeah, they'll probably they'll be out there. Well, because Roman's not booked on here either. For Extreme Rules. Right, because they're saving it for Crown Jewel. Yeah. So it might just be giving the bloodline a night off for, who knows, you know. Maybe Trying to extend that title reign. Right. Uh, maybe they'll have something with Sammy and Solo or something. You never know. Never know. Yeah. Uh, the match I think that I'm most looking forward to is uh, Riddle and Rollins in the fight pit. Ah, yes, yeah. I, I love what I've seen that. at the fight pit. So, like, they did it a couple times in NXT. Was it a couple times? Yeah, it was Riddle and uh, Thatcher, Thatcher, and then it was Thatcher and Champa the second time. Okay, but this will be the first time it's been on an actual WWE roster. show. Yeah. I mean, look, Triple H takes over, and look at, like everything in NXT is coming to to the main roster, yeah. like the War Games, He's, Survivor Series War oh, yeah. Games. 
He's getting his vision in there. Oh, I'm uh, going to love seeing that. Menders is Extreme Rules in the States. I believe it is. I just don't know what city it's in. Let's see. Extreme yeah. Rules? Yeah. yeah. I forget what I'm town it's say in. Chicago. No, it's not Chicago. It's not Chicago. I think, I think it's in Philly, actually. That would make sense. Yeah. ECW stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. It doesn't say on here. But also, I don't have the actual like internet up. I just have a screenshot. Gotcha. But the, yeah, the fight pit. Number one, the promos have been fire between these two guys. Mm-hmm. The last Ever since before SummerSlam. They're getting into this real personal area that almost seems shootish. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, they're it's clearly telling a story here, but it's the kind of thing where the crowd will hear it and they'll think, oh, shit, did he actually go there? Like when Seth is talking about Riddle his can't see his and kids. And, yeah. yeah he's, that's some deep cuts going on there. And then, that, that's that's not PG era WWE no. anymore. And then Riddle's going, <laughs> Riddle's almost like he's not winning this promo battle. I think Seth is owning him right now. But Riddle, I liked the shot he took out. It was like, when's the last time you main event WrestleMania? Oh, wait, you didn't. Becky did. <laughs> like, damn. Uh, well, I mean, didn't, wouldn't you well, count the, when he, he cashed hide, in? When he cashed in, it was during the main event, but he didn't sell the tickets for the main event. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was, it was between Orton Greatest and cash in ever. Don't get me wrong. And I loved it because I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a Miz fan. Dude, I love the Miz. I love what he's doing he's right now. He's one of my favorites of all time. The stuff with Loomis right now is gold to me. Oh, man, I I would bet you, t- like bottom dollar, that they would be a you know tag team, eventually. <laughs> you think Miz and Loomis will tag up? Well, I, yeah, I bet you. I mean, what else is going would, on between? Why is Loomis? It would be entertaining as hell. Like if they were this is way of Loomis saying, "Oh, I'm a huge fan of you, Miz." <laughs> like, let me stroke your head. Huge fan. Right. Yes. Let's yes, yes. do the thumbs up. <laughs> exactly. Well. <laughs> It would have been really interesting to see this team. I I love odd pairings of tag teams. Sure, like just crazy, you know, weird focus. The, like the Rock and Sock Connection, mm-hmm. favorite tag team of all time. Nothing tops them. Right on my list. I'll tell you, I was a fan of Kane and X Pac as a tag team. Oh, I do remember. Days. I remember being like a fan of them as a little child, and being real upset with X Pac when he turned on Kane. I was like, he right. I didn't say that as a kid, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it was in NXT when they were still in NXT and Velveteen Dream was, uh, still around. Mm-hmm. They were teasing them as tag team champions because Loomis drew a picture of him and Velveteen Dream. And I'm like, that would have been a hilarious pairing to see. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Velveteen Dream and Dexter Loomis as tag team champions. Oh yeah. Been hilarious. That'd be awesome. Yes. I can't help but wonder if they're going to wind up doing something with Dexter and Gargano on the main roster since they had the thing in the, uh. In NXT. Well, I think they're saving that kind of thing for after maybe you know, Austin Theory or something like that. That's, think, that's my guess because it yeah. seems like they're trying to, they're sticking around with right. you know, Gargano and Austin. Because he's got, a, he's got a, all kinds of options. He's got Champas on the main roster, so yep. they could bring back DIY if he wanted to. They yep. could put him with Loomis. They could put him with Theory if they returned one of them. Mm-hmm. And they could do something with him and Candice. They could bring up Indy. And bring back that whole the way. Oh yeah, group. I would imagine that. I, you know, just get give it time. I'm sure it will. Oh yeah, I'm sure it will. It's happen. a slow burn, man. It's, yeah, it's, you just can't th- throw you, everything. You can't fall it. into the trap of a lot of fans where they just say, mm-hmm. "I want this and I want it now because I want it." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to get sometimes things happen organically too, to where you got to follow that. That's right. But uh, yeah, so 
I'm waiting to see what happens with Gargano. He's I'm liking what he's doing so far. Uh, he's putting on good matches. He's the crowd's behind him. I like that he's teaming up with Owens right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, off and on, unofficially as a tag team. Right. It was just the one match. But uh, the last match I have on my list for Extreme Rules, Marvin, is the yes. uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. The actual oh, Extreme Rules that. match. Oh, Ronda yes. and Liv. Yeah, the one the one match that has to have the Extreme Rules. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm. Honestly, and I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. I hope Mender says the way was terrible. <laughs> and bring back DIY. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Dwayne, what are you talking about? <laughs> the Road Warriors are the GOAT. We were talking about the Road Warriors, Dwayne. You're killing me. Bet I shouldn't pick on Dwayne. Odd pairing tag teams. Odd pairing. That's not really an odd pairing, though. There were two bouncers from Chicago. <laughs> well, I meant, like, we were talking about the odd pairings. But, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You are validated, Dwayne. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Liv Morgan. A fine athlete, good wrestler and everything. Mm-hmm. But just her presentation, she every time she cuts a promo, she sounds she's going to start crying. Right. Uh, and I just don't see how you can pick. You can't imagine her beating Ronda in a fight. I mean, she got lucky mm-hmm. when she cashed in the briefcase and then that fluke pin at SummerSlam. Right. But now it's, it's extreme rules. Ronda's mad. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, for all intents and purposes, she should just tear Liv apart in this match. I would imagine she would. Yeah. So that's so I'm predicting Ronda's going to get get her belt back. I guess I, I I would believe uh, Liv would put up a somewhat of a fight. You know, give you that hope that she's going to you know do it right. for sure. I mean, but ultimately, she's she'll probably get she'll tap out. I would yeah, imagine or something. Yeah. Or I mean, Ronda's like the top heel. Female right now, which right no, she's no, barely Bailey. a heel. She's kind of a tweener, you know. She fights everybody. She doesn't have a preference. <laughs> but uh, I would like to see Ronda win, and I'd have to see mm-hmm. her have a, some sort of a program with Shayna Baszler, where they where they wrestle each other for the title. Yeah, well, is Shayna running as heel or babyface? Right she's now? still a heel, last I checked. But there's a story there. You know, they go back to the four horsewomen. They train together in MMA mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And they could they could tell that story pretty well, where it, either one is a babyface or, or a heel. You know, you could make Shayna a babyface, and Ronda could say, "Hey, you've gone soft, you know, because you used to just run through everybody. Now you're losing to with Morgan and Aaliyah, you know." So what? What if it like you know, Morgan does the impossible, mm-hmm. goes over on Ronda, and Ronda's like so pissed, you know. And so she teams up with Baszler, and they go up. They're like the next contenders for the women's t- tag team titles. That's what I can imagine happening too. Yeah, I could see that. And I'm honestly, I'm surprised they haven't teamed up yet. Yeah, I'm really surprised about that for yep. sure. I mean, I know they put Shayna with Nia Jax for when Ronda was gone, mm-hmm. but and I couldn't stand that tag team. Was, I'm not a. I am not a. That Nia was Jax almost fan. too odd of a pairing. Yeah. Uh. But yes, yeah, Shayna should have. If it's not teaming with Ronda or any of the other horsewomen, she should she should be on her own. She shouldn't be teaming with anybody because uh-huh. she should be not the right one man gang, anyway. you know. Yeah. Shout out to George Gray. Uh, just pop my brother because he listens to this and he goes when I mentioned George Gray, the original one man gang. Uh, but yeah. So overall, I mean, none of the pay per views or sorry, premium live events since Triple H has taken over have disappointed. I mean, they've all so, been yeah. they've all been really good. 
mm-hmm. and I don't think this will be any different. It'll be a little bit more gimmicky, but it's right. it's a gimmick pay per view. Yeah, exactly. So I think one of the first like original gimmick pay per views when they started them. Yeah, you like you remember when they started them? It was like oh yeah, like it was, it was Fatal Four Way pay per view. Fatal Four Way. That's when TLC, the money. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only ones that really stuck around. Was like Money in the Bank, Hell in a Cell, uh, Hell yeah. in a Cell, with uh, Money in the Bank, Hell in a Cell, the, the, the Bragging Rights, TLC. Yeah, that that was that was the dumbest one that they had. Yeah, because that was weird. just nothing more than a glorified Survivor Series. Yeah, and they did it back to back. They did Bragging yeah, Rights in October. They did it two if they're going to do that, they should put Bragging Rights like earlier in the year. Something or something, but make this brand or make this brand split, quote unquote, a thing again. But right. I think that time has passed. Yeah. So so let me ask you this. So they've so Triple H has said. Survivor Series is going to have two War Games matches. Yes. And it's not going to be brand versus brand. It's going to be storyline driven. Right. Which, like male, males, uh, a men's match and a women's, and a women's match. match. Yeah. But it's not going to be Raw versus SmackDown or anything like right. that. Right. So, and I'm racking my brain. I, I don't know where they're going to go with the women's match. Probably Damage Control and somebody else against Bianca and her, her group, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. But the men's match, I don't know. Are they going to go Judgment Day? Against Man. Edge and his, like, Mysterio and AJ, all these guys? Or are they going to do something with the bloodline? Because the bloodline, you got five guys. Judgment I Day, would you imagine got... the bloodline would have to be involved in some way. You would you would imagine. You would imagine. Yeah. You would think. But who would they put against the bloodline if you had to pick? Well, Drew, uh, Drew. I think Drew yeah. would be, like, the team captain. You yeah. Know? Um, I think well, KO's got business with them. KO, with Sammy. yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as the tag team goes... Uh, Man, that's I don't a know. Good, street well, well, the street profits. Yeah, if yeah. if Montez is healthy, I know he had a walking boot on last night. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I guess he must he must have dinged something during a house show. But if not him, then I don't know who uh, the other. Because there aren't a lot of really strong tag teams outside of like like the New Day or right. The, I I do like what they're doing with the Viking Raiders, but you know they're heels, so it's not going to be them. They could always bring up a tag team from NXT. Uh, you never know. I mean. It's you just, just don't know. You just don't know. and uh, But I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I'm hoping, and I know it probably won't happen, I'm hoping they put the roof on the freaking cage. <laughs> yeah, I doubt they will do that. The, the War Games match with, without a roof on it just doesn't seem right. That's where that's where Tony got it right with Blood and Guts. Well, I, this might be a controversial take or something, but I just never really fully understood the rules of the War Games match. Because the original is, uh, you know, one person at a time would right. enter, and they would beat the Holy hell out of each other. Oh, like yeah. Blood, sweat, and everything. Just from the first five minutes of the match. Uh-huh. And then they would continue this like four more times until like ten people are in the ring. Right. And that's when you can get the that, pinfall. That's when the match starts. I'm like, so why? what's the point of beating the holy hell out of each other like that? Well, it's the man advantage. They're trying to soften up a guy so then if they get somebody in, it's not going to be a two-on-one. It's still going to... You know, I guess that makes sense. But... Yeah, the, yeah, but uh, yeah, when I first started watching, like seeing a war games match, I'm just thinking, like, just why? Why would they start beating <laughs> the holy hell out of each other like that before yeah. the match even yeah, starts? You, you think you'd stay in, stay in their ring and just wait for the coin toss to see who gets something, the you know? Like, yeah, make it. I think at one time they did make it like a pinfall can count at any time that, during the match. That, I think that, that was that three tiered fiasco on Nitro. I don't. With, uh, I think that was. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> It was like Booker. That was a crazy evolution of a cage match. Yeah. It was from like two rings to three stacks. Yeah. It was was one ring with three tiers of a cage. It was from Ready to Rumble, the movie. That's where they they got it from. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, War Games. 
to this day, my favorite War Games match is still the uh, one from 92, Sting and uh, the Dangerous Alliance. Mm-hmm. Just perfect. It was good finish. Minders uh, who from NXT, the Creeds. If it was the Creeds, it'd have to be them and Roddy because they'd have to bring Diamond Mine. I don't think it'll be any from NXT coming in. Uh, Dwayne asked me the same question I did. Will it be a cage with the top or just two rings with the cage around it? I, I would, I'm inclined to think it's going to be without the top. Well, I mean, if they, how many have they done in NXT? Like three, I four? Three, I think three shows, like two per show. If I mean, if they haven't done it now, then yeah, I don't, I don't see oh, them doing it because they, unless Triple H just finally got the shackles off and he can actually do it his way. Yeah, well, probably. You never know. You never yeah. know. Never. This is true. But uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Yes, Survivor Series. absolutely, with that one for sure. Yeah. And hopefully no champion versus champion matches on there. Like, they always had it where it was like... The, well, it'd be hard to do because Roman's got both of them. Well, I'm talking just like the tag title, tag champ. Well, again, Usos yeah. have both. Yeah. But you wouldn't have like Gunter against Lashley. Although I would love to see that match. Oh, that would but, be like absolutely insane. But we're going to see what happens on Friday because... Uh, Sheamus has another match with uh, Gunther for the IC title. And if it's anything as good as it, as the one that they had at uh, Clash at the Castle, I'm going to be happy. Because mm-hmm. that match was so fun with those two guys. Yes, sir. Yes. I would imagine Sheamus winning that title. If not from uh, Gunther or uh, at some point. Because you point. keep saying he's that's like the only title he hasn't held so right. far. That's to... Excuse the pun. It was that's his white whale. Yep. So. Yeah. The white shark. Remember when he was called that? Or the, the great, great white. white? Yeah. The great white because he's very pale. <laughs> but he's owned it. The there good. was a war games match in Puerto Rico where you had to handcuff the entire team to win. I don't remember that, Dwayne. I don't remember that either. Uh, uh, was that actually uh, WWC like Cones promotion, Dwayne? Uh, comment in there. Which it sounds like it'd be a, like an interesting twist on it. Very odd one. Yeah. So, but that's WCW for you. Yeah. Well, it might have been Carlos Colon's territory down oh, there. Oh well, too. yeah. Okay. You never know. Dutch Mantel was booking a lot of stuff down there, so mm-hmm. you know, let's do that Memphis booking things like that. Speaking of which, uh, Dark Side of the Territories, I think, starts tonight on Vice. Like it's their new like spinoff from Dark Side of the Ring. Like they're doing episodes about the territories, mm-hmm. and I think tonight's the premiere, and it's going to be about Memphis. Oh, I imagine they can get a few episodes out of that. Oh yeah, and so I'm looking forward. I got that recording on my DVR, so I'm looking forward to watching that sometime soon. Uh, but since we talked about Extreme Rules, we got to talk about what begat Extreme Rules, uh, Marvin, and that is the original ECW One Night Stand, yes, two thousand five, yes, sir. Uh, I think if I remember right, that was the second highest grossing pay-per-view of the year that year after WrestleMania. It was either their second or their first, I heard, because it, it drew huge numbers. It drew huge numbers because there was such a groundswell of support for ECW because they'd put out the Rise and Fall DVD like yep. six months before, which, yeah. which I got immediately. Oh, and, yeah. I did, too. Because you're a big ECW fan, right, Marvin? I was a fan of it, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, from what I could watch, you know, because right. when I, I've always heard about ECW growing up and stuff like that right. just could never watch it you know yeah we didn't have all the fancy channels and yeah stuff I'm, like that. I'm right there with it i couldn't watch it really until it was on tnn and, well when i first started watching it it was like clips every now and then from youtube and uh when that rise and fall in Bloodsport came out that's mm-hmm. when i first started watching ecw yeah and the one match i remember from the Bloodsport dvd what that made me cringe the most was the 
uh, was it Sabu versus Terry Funk in a barbed, barbed wire, wire match when Sabu ripped his yeah, arm and when up like and... Paul Heyman was selling it like. It was so disgusting, disturbing me that I never had one again. Yeah. And and I watched them like, yeah, I could see that. I understand. I why. can understand. Just, I mean, just holy the end, they hell. Were, they were like tied Literally up together. tangled like, in barbed wire. Like they had like five guys out there trying to cut them loose. And, mm-hmm. like, Wearing gloves, you know, leather gloves, trying to cut them yeah. out. And Sabu tears his bicep and just tapes it up and keeps going. And ca- just... Terry Funk with his classic. <laughs> I love Funk. So God good. bless him. A uh, man that doesn't know when to quit. No, I think he knows to quit, but he... Uh, I've seen <laughs> pictures of him recently. He doesn't look great, but he's still kicking, you know? Yes. Uh, let's see. Dwayne watched ECW TNN as well, yeah. There was some... Uh, it wasn't quite the same on TNN. It was kind of... The network kind of tried to water it down a little bit. But uh, then after that, I I went back and... Like at Sam Goody, I'm dating myself... They had all the VHS tapes of like Barely Eagle and Wrestlepalooza and T-Way, mm-hmm. all these old pay-per-views from like 97, 98. And that's what really got me hooked on ECW, watching like Taz and Sabu and the franchise and Dudley Boys. And, and then I would go back and, because I started watching TNN the night the Sandman came back from WCW. That was the first one I was home, to, I was actually home for because I was working till okay. nine every night. Right. And it was, I remember it very vividly, it was the Impact Players and Rhino beating down Raven and Dreamer. And I was having enough trouble dealing with the fact that Raven and Dreamer were tag team champions after reading for years about the rivalry they had. Right. And, and the, so they're getting the beat down on this. And then all of a sudden here they start playing Inner Sandman. Mm-hmm. And this is Paulie. He doesn't give a shit. He's playing the actual songs. <laughs> and then Sandman's up in the, up in the stands with the Kindle stick and the cigarette and the beer. And the it's, beer. it's a 10 minute long entrance every I time. I mean, the man be busted open before the match even started. That's right. But he came out, the crowd was electric, and I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, this is so much better than WWE or WWF at the time, WCW. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was I was in for from there on. And uh, so I was very disappointed when Paulie wound up having to sell to, to Vince and mm-hmm. going to work for him. So I was really excited when I heard that they were bringing back this show, this one-night stand show in 05. But I was also a little skeptical because I didn't know, is it going to be Vince's ECW, which is what they wound up doing later on, or was Paul going to have a control? And from what I understand, Dreamer and Heyman pretty much wrote the show. Mm-hmm. Like they, they booked the whole show. So it was, and that's why like I went back and I watched it again yesterday, and it looks like an ECW pay-per-view. It doesn't oh, yeah. look like a WWE presentation of an oh, yeah, ECW definitely. pay-per-view. Definitely. And... What's, what I loved about it was the, the matches they had spanned every era of ECW. So it was like a super show. Yeah. It wasn't just like... Like um, they had... What, what was it? Let me see my, I got my notes here. Hold on. Uh-huh. It was like... Uh, I think... That, did they have a triple threat? Yeah, they did. They had a triple threat they, match. Yeah, they did. Like super crazy. They did the crazy Tajiri Guido. Guido match. Yeah, which Tajiri. you had in every paper. Because that was like one of their biggest... Uh, that was a staple. Was yeah, that was their one of their big matches yeah. you know that you can look back yeah. at like uh you know sandman versus tommy dreamer right. or this but, that the other thing but what i liked about this three-way match was that guido had like the entire fbi with him like everybody that had been in the fbi outside of big sal mm-hmm. they had tracy smothers there they had jt smith big yep. guido little guido yep they were just missing tommy rich but uh 
So they were out there running interference and all that. But, I mean, it was still a, a damn good match. But then you take that, you got Awesome and Masato Tanaka again for, I believe, the last yeah. time. Um, yeah. <laughs> at least the last time in the U.S. When I was looking at information, well, it's a little dark story that I seen. Was it, uh, when, uh, what was it? Mike Awesome dove through the ropes or something like that with uh, Tanaka on the floor. It was through a table. Oh, yeah. He had powerbombed Tanaka through the table. To right. The floor. Then he jumped over the top rope and okay. did like a splash on Yeah. Him. And um, I think it was uh, apparently, you know, uh, uh, who was the commentator? Joey Styles. Joey Styles. Jeez. Blank memory sometimes. Shame on you. I mean, yes. I'm so sorry, guys. I really am. Joey St- anyway, Joey Styles said like, oh, it's a damn shame he didn't break his damn neck. And it was like, like 20 days later or something like was- that. Was, or 20 months later. It was a, it was a couple of years, but yeah, he says, like, it's too bad he didn't succeed in taking his own life. Yeah, that was the line, Which yeah. is, yeah, in, in hindsight, you, there's, like, a couple, there's a couple of lines Yikes. that really get me on that show. Yeah, when I was, like like I said, I was doing my info on this, looking yeah. stuff up, and... I mean, Joey can't know what's going to happen two well, years right, from then. Can't. So, he, I'm not at fault in Joey, I mean, the man has his opinions about him, and he's free to those. And Awesome had a lot of heat with ECW. That's and, understandable, you know? <laughs> he tried to screw the whole entire company pretty, that was trying to stay pretty afloat. Much, pretty much. But... Uh, as usual, they always, Tanaka and Awesome always had really great matches that always gave me a headache. <laughs> Those damn chair it's, shots. Looking back now, knowing what we know now, yeah, you got to imagine how much CTE Tanaka has right now. Is he even still around? Uh, he's I'm still sure. around. I don't know if he's still actively wrestling. It's like that's the thing with Japanese wrestlers for me. It's just like I just see them getting dropped on their heads all the time, and yeah. it's just like I. Oh what, my uh, god. I, mean, I get punched in the head and I'm a little woozy. Well, of course, Andy already would, really, well, but sure. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, let's see, other matches that were on the show. Uh, Rhino and Sabu had a match on there. Yep. Which, for all intents and purposes, that was a TNA match because, like, a month later, they were both wrestling each other on TNA. <laughs> were they really? Yeah. I didn't realize that was, like, one of their last times there. Yeah, I think and Rhino, it was the Dudley's too. Apparently. Yeah, it was Rhino. It was Dudley's last appearance. Uh, Rhino's last appearance because he had been fired. But they brought him back for this show. Okay. And uh, it, uh, they had my favorite match on the show was, and how could it not be, was Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. Yeah. Just wrestling one-on-one, you know. Mm-hmm. The only thing that could have been better is if they could have gotten Malenko out of retirement to wrestle Eddie. Mm-hmm. Just because they had that series of matches for the right. TV title all yeah. those years ago. But just hold for hold technical wrestling in this show that was rife with weapons and Blood and things like that. And not a lot of blood on that show, to be honest with you. It was well, the, well, I think that was the all reserved for the main the, event. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Flaming tables, Flaming cheese ta- graters. Yep, everything uh, but the kitchen sink. Yeah. Even the Blue World Order made an appearance on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of the, I mean, the Blue World Order, that was just so great. It's It was a real shame they were never tag team champions in they, ECW. They could have been. I'm Ed, Steve, he only had one tagged run. Two with Raven, yeah. Two of them with Raven from was the research, yeah. Okay. From the research I seen, okay, yeah. But I always like Stevie. which they are on my list. Oh, they're on your list. Okay, they didn't make my list, but they were they were honorable mention. This yeah, for I that dog some honorable match. mention too. Yeah. Oh wait, remember the dog collar match they had with the pit bulls? Yeah, because I think that was on the Blitzport. It was on one of those. I want to say it is. This this matches. Overbooking was kind of standard issue in ECW because mm-hmm. they had the Pitbulls against Raven and Stevie. Then the referee gets knocked out by Bill Alfonso. <laughs> the 911 comes out and chokeslams Bill Alfonso. 
then Tommy they, Dreamer. That's take... all they did for years, too. It's just oh, yeah. 911 choke slamming Alfonso. Yep. That was it. And then uh, Dreamer comes out because one of the pit bulls got taken out on a like carried out by the EMT. So Dreamer took yeah. his spot. So then they thought that Dreamer had won the tag titles. And then it just winds up just all going to hell in a handbasket. And at the end, the, the pit bulls get the win on Raven mm-hmm. and Stevie win the mm-hmm. titles. But uh, something you may not know, uh, you probably do. Nine one one son is actually wrestling for GCW. Oh, really? Who's uh, that? Big Vin. Big Vin. Uh, I, I was a couple. If GCW. You, you said GCW. GCW, right? yeah. But if you look at oh, him, okay. he does a lot of like the ring crew stuff, and then does battle royals. Mm-hmm. But if you look at him, he looks like nine one one son. He's okay. A big guy. Yeah. Her suit. He's he's a fancy word for Harry. But uh, he won the. Uh, Battle Royal at the Hammerstein Ballroom in January, mm-hmm. and it was cool to see Dime Woman just actually in the in the crowd. Oh, okay. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's a little little aside. Uh, another oh, Marco says all good, so I think we're sounding good on the on the feed. So that's good. Awesome. That's good awesome. to hear. Uh, Hello to all you beautiful people out there that is watching. That's right. Or listening, you never know. Yeah, I mean, people true. will be listening way, later on in the uh, when it drops in the podcast uh, venues. Mm-hmm. But uh, another guy that had his last match for WWE on that show was Lance Storm because he wrestled yeah, Jericho can, in the opener. That. Yeah, and it was kind of a it was supposed to be Lance's last match. It wasn't. He wound up wrestling like Danielson and Ring of Honor after that and having a couple other matches. But he mainly went focused on training. But he wanted to have his his finger quotes last match with Jericho. I mean, are you truly a wrestler if you retire and never come back again about three or four more times? Yeah. I, isn't, isn't that how it usually goes? You retire, come I, back for a while? I believe like, Terry Funk holds the record for retirements. Oh, I have no question but, but, about uh, that. No Rick, doubt. Ric Flair, I think, is about to unretire again. Oh, he, he He claims that he... He passed out like twice during his I match, know. didn't he? I hope he, I hope he has somebody talks some sense into him and tells him not to do it anymore, but well, hopefully make it a tag team match and have him just stand in there and do his right. usual shtick or get his gimmicks, mm-hmm. you know, the woo and right. the strut chops, and... throw chops, tag out, let the guy get, get the, get the shine, then have him tag back in and do the figure four. Yeah. Something, you know, uh, give the guy a break. One thing I did hear, uh, Ricky Steamboat and FTR are teaming up on a wrestling that. show against the rock and roll express and a mystery yes. partner. I'm hoping it's not flair. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, sweet Jesus. God love you, Ric Flair, but man. <laughs> Come on, man. Just go sell your boner pills yes. and do your podcast. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he's actually opened his uh, own wing shop, too. Yeah. Like, he calls him Woo Wings. Yeah. And I'm not even joking about that name. Look it up. And he's also I swear a, to God, that's in the name. I think he's got a strain of weed, too, doesn't he? I would not, I would not be surprised. I'm pretty sure he does. Like, with... Uh, Snoop Dogg, I almost want to say, but I could be way wrong on that. I don't think it's Snoop Dogg. It's, I think it's whoever did the Ric Flair drip song. Okay. But I'm not hip to rap music, so I don't I know who that is. I couldn't tell you either way, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so the elephant in the room for the One Night Stand show is the big brawl at the end of the show. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's one thing that I think they got wrong with that show is that they put way too much attention on the WWE guys in the balcony. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't have all gotten promos, and because there were points during some really good matches that the fans were heckling well, yeah. the WWE guys, See, they weren't paying that's, attention. That's the thing. 
I think they were doing was just trying to piss off the fans so they would make as much noise as possible. So, I mean, I get why you said they didn't, you know, you shouldn't, you know, put so much attention on the, but it, I think it was just make the fans go, you know, go boo, boo. So it, yeah. it just sounds good on TV. The, you know, uh, the conspiracy theorist get them thinks up. that they put them out there so the fans would focus on the WWE guys, not so much as the ECW guys, and get the crowd chanting, like, the fuck you angle or whatever they were saying. I forget. I think they were cursing they, at They Lita. were cursing a Bischoff. Uh, but, but yeah, so then at the end they have the big brawl, and uh, Austin comes out, all the ECW guys come out. Mm-hmm. And then during the fracas, and number one, I marked out when Taz came out. I'm a big Taz guy. Oh, I don't remember Taz coming out. He he came out basically and just paired off with Angle because he was still limited what he can do in the ring. So right. he basically just would throw punches and then put him in the Taz mission. But during the brawl, then that's where JBL took liberties with the Blue Meanie and the infamous brawl. Yep. He was he was laying him in pretty heavy on him and busted mm-hmm. him open, and that got Bradshaw a lot of heat in the long run. To the point where he had to actually do the job. JBL for having heat backstage. It's unbelievable, kid. isn't it? Don't talk such heresy. <laughs> but yeah, but then Bradshaw had to go and do the job for Meanie on TV like two weeks later. As just, I don't uh, remember what happened with that. That was on SmackDown. It was uh, basically uh, Batista interfered. It was a no, it was an wasn't extreme rules yet, but mm-hmm. it was like a, just like a no DQ match. They were kind of hyping it up, sort of, th- sort of speaking. Yeah, it was. Uh, Basically, it was during Bradshaw's feud with Batista over the mm-hmm. world title. Oh, okay. So then Bradshaw's beating up on Meanie, and at the end, Batista comes out, power bombs Bradshaw, it puts Meanie Sounds on the top. a lot like when uh, Austin and The Rock were going at it, and Hurricane went over on The Rock. Sounds a yeah. lot like that. Or when uh, JR went over on Triple H, when Batista uh, helped him. Batista okay. likes to stick his nose in people's business. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> it certainly seems like it. Oh, uh, Flair entered into Tyson 2.0, the burgeoning Weagle Weed Empire. So it's Mike Tyson he's working with. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike Tyson. I'm the greatest. <laughs> I will not do an impersonation of Mike Tyson because I value my life and I don't want him to find out and come find me and pummel me. So, yeah, so there's not a lot to talk about because One Night Stand was actually a pretty short show. It was... The match is kind of from the times that I seen together. next to the match, it was like the longest one was like eleven minutes, and I think that was the main that was event. The main and event, yeah. Tatanka and uh, also Tanaka, Tanaka, <laughs> not Tatanka. Oh, good lord! Oh my god! If Tatanka showed up at an ECW <laughs> show, he would have gotten murdered. Anyway, they, they yeah, there was like two ten minute matches and a couple seven minutes and one five. And I think Benoit and Guerrero might have gone ten. I think. I think it was pretty close. But I think yeah. the longest matches were Tanaka and Awesome in the main event. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, it's it was a good show. And I really hoped that that was the only one. I didn't want him to do a second one the, the year later because oh, that was no, more of a, that was no. more of a WWE show. I, I get what you're saying, but with the numbers and the money that they seen in front of oh, yeah. them and potential, there was no well, way they were going to say no. Yeah, money that. talks for sure. But just as a purist ECW fan, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. I don't want it to change from, like, this is the show I wanted to go out on on ECW. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they put the show on sci-fi and yep. kind of shit the bed a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Vince McMahon wins the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> I was so mad. I Dwayne Carter, actually... JBL took liberties with Blue Mini. Yes, I just said that, Dwayne. <laughs> uh, just, I don't yeah. know if I could still do it, but I was... 
able to list all the, you know, out loud by memory of the ECW champions from when they brought them back to when they retired again. I oh, could yeah. list all the champions. If you want me, I can try it if you want me to. Well, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, no, 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 don't worry about it. <laughs> I thought I thought we needed to try to fill up some time. But oh, no. If we're, we're actually, low on time. I'm, no, we're actually doing pretty good on time. Okay. Uh, one thing, though, uh, our buddy Dwayne Carter reached out to me because apparently I, I kind of scratched an itch on him this week. He was talking about Sting. And I had mentioned that I was not a big fan of Sting's post-WCW run with oh, TNA, TNA and AOE. And I had, I thought I had mentioned it on the podcast here and there, but Dwayne does not remember that, and he asked me to expand on that a little bit. So Dwayne, I'm gonna indulge you here. So I'm gonna start off saying I like Sting in mm-hmm. WCW. The I preferred Surfer Sting, early '90s Sting. He was the Uber baby face. Yeah, the Crow Sting was okay, but it was just you know kind of the Starcade match kind of ruined it for me with Hogan because that finish was so screwy and you know the referee screwed up or Hogan told him to screw up or I don't know what the deal was but when he was when he left WCW he probably could have gone to WWE if he wanted to but he had that Time Warner contract he was mm-hmm. sitting on so he was getting paid to stay home right just wasn't like, he worried that uh, he was gonna like WWE was gonna, just gonna screw him over a story I heard because TNA put out a, a Sting DVD a long time ago, mm-hmm. and they had interviews with him. And he said that there was a moment on Raw where Booker T came out, yep. and The Rock did the It Doesn't Matter like, on him. Who, like, who are you? Hell? Yeah, and, what's going on? And Sting said, when I saw that, I, I, I was afraid that I wasn't, I was going to get buried on, on the show, so he didn't mm-hmm. go. He, like I said, he could have. He was about 13 years too late, going showing up at Survivor Series in 2014. Uh, everybody complains about how he was used in WWE. I, I think he had the. Oh, excuse me. I don't know. Water gives you gas. That's why I don't <laughs> drink water. But I think two matches was enough for Sting. I mean, it's easy to say he should have wrestled the Undertaker. Oh, it's, absolutely. I mean, as far as dream matches 100%. go, that would have that would have printed money. It I mean, you could have a WrestleMania with one match with that match. Yeah, that'd be that'd be night two. You, yeah, <laughs> but. I also was under the opinion that the match would have been the drizzling shits. I mean... Slow pace, probably. Yeah. But Sting was in his mid-50s, I want to say, when he showed back up. Uh, Taker was in his late 40s, early 50s by that point. Okay. And they both lost steps, both of them. Undertaker, I almost said Triple H. Undertaker had the hip problems and the back problems and the knee problems. He's gotten some of that stuff fixed in, in the... Recently... Mm-hmm. And then Sting was just, I just thought Sting had lost too, too much of a step to really hang with anybody. He did an admirable job with Rollins until he got that, he took that buckle bomb wrong. And yeah. Kind of jacked up his back a little bit. Yep. Back or neck, I forget. Uh, somebody a, will tell me. Yeah. Uh, then people crapped on, and he held a grudge against Rollins for a while. I think that. Was kinda, that a grudge? I think there was a, a grudge. A real shoot it, grudge? Body language when. They, do you remember when they did Flair's 70th birthday and everybody came out to... Yeah, that was like before, uh, before Batista WrestleMania. came back Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, but, okay. but they were intervie- introducing yeah. people coming out to the ring. It was like Cena and uh, Michaels, under, not Undertaker, but 
they well they introduced Sting mm-hmm. and all the all the boys were on the stage just right. like and Rollins was front and center because he was the he was the top guy he was the number one contender to Brock at the mm-hmm. time and Sting like acknowledged everybody just completely ghosted Rollins before he went to the ring ouch so that's what made me, that's what made me think that there's still some heat there okay but then you hear people complain that he should have beat Triple H at WrestleMania uh, I don't agree uh. with that. Triple H, that, number one, that was a way better match than I thought there should have been. Yeah. It was overbooked. You know, they had DX come out, the NWO come out. Towards the end. Yeah, the end. Yeah. If Honestly, if I was booking, I would have had the NWO come out and beat up Sting. Yeah. No, I mean, that, <laughs> that would have made more sense. Cause, yeah. I mean, because they were like bitter enemies for years. And yeah. now, now all of a sudden, oh, also, hey, we're going to oh, help you out. Just because we were all in WCW like, the? together. But but then, brother, brother. But then you got Triple H or uh, Hall and Nash fighting with Michaels and. Xbox and Triple H. I don't. I don't buy that. I'm pretty sure Nash actually got hurt in that. If he, if I'm uh, not mistaken, he fell. He fell down. <laughs> but I think he was okay. I don't think he got hurt there. That's a miracle in itself. Anytime he takes a bad step, he tears the quad. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ugh, oh, Kevin. Uh, he's gotten his his knees. He had that deal where like, his knees were like in like like going in like like. Yeah, use of abuse. I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, I think he's gotten that fixed. I think Big Show had the same problem. But uh, but yeah, so that's where I stand on Sting and WWE. I thought okay. the the Triple H match was good, but he didn't need to have a full time schedule. He didn't have they didn't misuse him. I don't think. Uh, so then he shows up in AEW. When he showed up, it was a great pop. You know, he was he walked out on Dynamite. Yep, big reaction. It all was cool. Then they put him with Darby Allen as his as his sidekick or mm-hmm. buddy or whatever. His mentor. His mentor, yeah. But the problem is, all these tag matches they're having, Sting's the one going over. It's not really putting Darby over. Not putting Darby in the best light, like to get the pins and everything. It's right. They have a match with FTR where Sting taps out Dax Hardwood. I mean, come on. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. And I know I come off sounding like a smarty wrestling fan and all this, but. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And. I don't think they'll ever put the world title on Sting, but I do think that there's a way they can. Yeah, that would something. I don't want to say big because you know it's Sting, but I'll tell you. I mean, the story has to make perfect. Yeah, perfect. I'll I'll tell you what makes sense to me is they need to have, and they can't do it right now because Christian kind of did the same thing with uh, Jungle Boy. They got to have Sting turn heel on Darby. Yeah, Darby is so over right now with the fans. He's like their uber baby face right now. But Sting is a veteran. He knows he knows psychology. He can work a crowd. So if he was to At turn least tag heel, team title run or something, both of them turn heel because I mean, they, like you said, they're already doing it with Jungle Boy and Christian. Right. Why would they do it again unless yeah. they have some perfect they, opportunity? Yeah, they, I think they have to wait on that. But I I, I disagree. I don't think I'd put the tag belts on. Uh, they got too many really good tag teams in the company right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I like who, that who they, the. Who's private? Not private. acclaimed. The claim. Yeah. Right now they just won those couple weeks ago, and I, and I love that call because they had a uh, they had a good run with uh, Keith Lee and Swerve the last mm-hmm. few matches. Uh oh yeah, I didn't really get into much into TNA with when I was talking about Sting. Dwayne brought that up. He said he had a great run. It's kind of oh, the same yeah. deal. He, I mean, yeah, he was better in TNA than he was with WWE and T and AW, obviously. But it's just. He didn't need to. He didn't need the world title to be over. 
You look at he won, I don't know, five or six times world champion. At least. At least. I and mean, there's that infinite time. Was it Victory Road against Jeff Hardy? Uh oh yeah, when Jeff was Messed Lotto up, and yeah. yeah, that was that was just a weird situation. I remember that's, reading about that. That's for another episode. That's another that's another issue. Yeah. But no, I mean you look at the talent that they had, they had AJ Styles, they had Samoa Joe, they had Angle, Christian, these guys. They have a world title picture right there. Bobby Roode is another one, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So Sting didn't have to be the Sting can challenge for the world title. You put these guys over, but he doesn't need the world title to to be over, right? Because you know I mean, mean, he's already over. Yeah, with I mean, just his name. Yeah, I mean, they call him the icon for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> it is AEW, so they could do it again. I'm guessing she's talking about rehashing the Jungle Boy Christian storyline with Stinger and Darby. Copy and paste, right? Which isn't unheard of in professional wrestling. No. Not, not a whole lot of original ideas in pro wrestling. It's just, huh? <laughs> I mean, there's ideas that recycle and do well. True. Because I mean, a good idea is a good idea. It's like, and I, I play music. I play in a band. I play in cover bands mainly. Mm-hmm. I hear a really good song by Led Zeppelin or Stevie Ray Vaughan or Eric Clapton. And shit, I want to play that. It sounds awesome. And it's fun to play. Yeah. With, take the, with these these storylines, these moves, these things. These look cool. They look fun. And it would be fun to pull this off, you know? So that's why they, they do it. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with you uh, asking Jeff Hardy about the Swanton or Dudley Boys giving Usos the 3D. It's And that's an analogy Bully Ray made. Is it's like a cover band playing a really good song, you know? And that's why they want to do... And everybody and their mother does a Canadian Destroyer these days. But right. Same idea. It's a and whoever like it's kind of like my I kind of try to to uh, stand out as much as I can in wrestling, you know, because that's what you got to do. You right, stand out in some way, form. And the way like I didn't know what to do exactly, you know, to as far as stand out, you know, like. But you know, I I think of this, and I'm like, oh, this could be good, and let me t- go talk to Jeff Hardy about using the Swanton Bomb, you know. That's pretty much been you know. You just got to try to take those opportunities. Right. You grab the bull by the horns, as it were. Mm-hmm. Or the Jeff Hardy by the painted hair, as the case may be. <laughs> you know something in that match, too? I don't think he even... He teased using this one time, but he didn't do it. Right. I'll tell you what. Watching how he does it nowadays scares the hell out of me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it used to be he would do it, and he would kind of roll through. Like his like his shoulders would make contact with the, with the guy on the mat. Yeah. Nowadays, he just lands flush across the guy's midsection, mm-hmm. and it just it hurts <laughs> to look at it. It's like because Jeff's not a small guy. Jeff's a two hundred twenty five pound guy. He's a tall dude, yeah. And and it's basically gravity. Both of those guys are taller than what they look. Yeah, but it's basically just the laws of gravity. He's yep. up in the air, and then boom, he lands on somebody's foot. That's not gonna, exactly a soft, even surface. No, that's gonna that's a good way to rupture an abdomen, or at who least. knows? Who knows? But so it makes me nervous when he does it nowadays because, mm-hmm. and I'm not throwing the Spurgeons. I'm not going to say it's because he's junked out of his mind or anything like that because I don't think that's the case. I think he's just, yeah, it's he's getting older, you know. I don't know how much control he's got over it now, right? But I'm not one of, I've never taken a bump, I've never wrestled, so I'm not going to speculate on that because I would, it would be foolish of me to try to do that. So, 
It's definitely not for everybody. No, I, I mean I love to to manage. You know, I'm, and I've I told um, Narge on our first episode because he used to to wrestle uh, the Pain Train and New Breed Wrestling Association. Mm-hmm. But I told him, you know, I would I would like to go in and just take a bump just to just to say I done it. Right. To learn how no, to do it. Just to walk kind of walk a mile in yeah. you guys' shoes a little bit. If I'm that was my thought process. It. Like I, I want to try this and give myself a year in wrestling, see where it goes. Yeah. And if you know, if I mess, you know, fail, well, hey, I, I tried right. for at least a year. Yeah. You know. That's I'm gonna try and schmooze uh David. <laughs> Say, hey, any chance you you need a manager for well, anybody? Speaking of, I mean, if you want to learn to be a manager, uh-huh. um Zero One USA is doing uh running a school, a dojo. Mm. And uh, if you want to, I hope you don't mind me plugging. Oh, but please, no, plug, plug away. <laughs> but uh, uh, you go to www.01usa.com slash dojo, and you can sign up there or message them, you know, on their page on Facebook, see what you can do. And it's Joey O'Reilly and Rain Victoria running there, right? Yes. Yeah. Doing some the training. Rain's been on the show. I'm talk, I'm trying to figure out a date to uh, maybe get Joey on. Maybe... I might see about if Joey wants to do something like we did after a show one day, like just do a sit down interview for YouTube. I mean, next and, month would be a good one. Yeah, this maybe on the twenty second if yeah. he's not busy or something. But I'll I, I'll, I mean, I'll deal with that in the proper channels. You know. I mean, the man that's. I mean, I'm sure he'll be recovering the locker room after he faced the Cobra. Right? Well, yeah. If he if he works early that night, give him time to recover. Then. Yeah. But yeah, Cobra, he doesn't mess around from what I've seen of him. No, he he's a very serious man. Yeah, it's very scary. Very. I mean, have you seen his look into his eyes? It's. Uh, I have not haunting. had the pleasure yet, but he's trying not like, to. He seems like the type of guy that I would call sir. Yeah. <laughs> I don't call a lot of people sir, but you I go think like, Cobra would. Hey, you suck. <clears throat> I was like, oh, then, sorry, sir. Then I'd sorry, say, sir. no. Minder said that because <laughs> I'm, I'm always. <laughs> no, it was him. It was him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Braun Strowman when I was joking with Narge. The three way match with Braun, Kane, and Brock. Yeah, I remember that was when, an odd one, but yeah. When Roman or Roman Strowman landed that really stiff knee to Brock. Yeah. And then yeah. Brock just landed like, just like Boom, two or three right, real right stiff on the shots. Jawline. Yeah. And I told Nards, it's like, that seems like Brock saying, hey, let's maybe not do that again, mm-hmm. eh? And then I hear Braun say, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can actually see Brock going, like, slow the down. Pretty much. There's I've heard stories of that where guys get so amped up in the ring that it the veteran has oh, to actually yeah. put him in a hold and say, Hey, calm down. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, that shit I, I speak for you know, it's it's the adrenaline does get you sometimes, oh, especially sure when does. the fans are like chanting your name and oh, yeah. you don't expect that. And that Marvin Mania like, is not to be messed with. No, no, you you don't want to mess with these uh, what 12, 12 inch uh, garden snakes here. <laughs> garden snakes. There you go. <laughs> there are no pythons by any means, but well, they can still, you know, pack a punch. I bet you could take me in a fight. Why we? Well, I don't want to. No, I don't want to <laughs> bring it to that. But uh, no. Yeah. So uh, just don't mess with me. No, no. I try. I try to stay on your good side. Help you. Help you get the t-shirts going. And I'll God, do really whatever need I can. To get those made. I really do. I gotta stop being lazy. Yeah. If you say the word, I will. I can put a Marvin T-shirt on our Pro Wrestling Tees page. I don't know. If... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. For we'll, sure. we'll, we'll dialogue because because yeah. I don't know if you know this, Marvin. ProWrestlingTees.com slash JTR Pod. We have a plethora of jumping the rail T-shirts available what? for purchase. 
Yeah, it's how true. How do I, how do I uh, purchase this? I'll just go to the website or the app if you have it, Pro Wrestling Tees. Well, I don't, but I think I'll go ahead and download that and right now. Search Jumping the Rail, and you'll see our, our that logo you see on the screen there. Yes, I and, do. And yes. Uh, Yeah, and then you'll see we have, I, I get kind of crazy. It doesn't cost anything to design the t-shirts, so I've got a shit ton of them on there. Okay. But yeah, then uh, just find one you like. I got some with that logo. I've we have a new logo for season two that I've started uh, using. That we got a few uh, t-shirts of that. It's just simple, you know, to the logo on the breast on the shirt mm-hmm. on the front, and then on the back. But uh, various colors, orange and blues. One for you, Illini fans. Uh, pink and black for you, Heart blue Foundation fans. Blue is my favorite color. Yeah. Then I have a blue and gold if you like uh, Miller Lite. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I do love Miller Lite. It's one of my favorites. But, yeah, we'll have more designs coming here and there always. And then, but yeah, just go check it out. Uh, reasonably priced, you know, for one side. ProWrestlingTees.com? ProWrestlingTees.com slash JTRPod. Ah, yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, check it out. You'll help us out. Help us keep the uh, help us keep the mics on and uh, keep uh, bringing this fine quality product out to your, to your ear holes, you know. But, uh, Marvin, this is... Flown by, and it has come to the uh, my favorite uh, time of the show, which is top ten Tuesday. Ah, time. yes, yes. And since for a second though, there, I thought you were going to end it. Oh no, like, oh, we're no, not, I'm not fun quite, here. <laughs> not quite done yet. We got we got a little bit of time. Okay, but uh, we talked about ECW quite yes, a sir. bit this yep. evening, and I figured a uh, a good topic for this would be top ten ECW tag team champions. Yes, sir. And I told you before we went on the air, this is basically number one in everybody else. Mm-hmm. If there was ever an obvious yeah. number one for a list, this would be it. Dwayne, I'm talking to you. And uh, <laughs> uh, Minder says, try it. Cobra knows I have his back. I believe her. Who, who does? <laughs> Minders. Oh, she, okay. <laughs> hey, Minders withstood a hurricane this week. She, she did. She, she, Don't uh, mess with her hey, right now. Good thoughts to everybody out in God Florida. Bl- God bless the people in Florida. Uh, I hope I everything actually, is going well right now. I, well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's to say. (laughs) At the risk of being a name-droppy douchebag, I did reach out to a friend of the show, Bill Alfonso, after the hurricane, and just I wanted to check in. He lives in Tampa, and he sent good wishes. He said that his family was uh, uh, unscathed by the storm. That's good. A lot of of damage around the state, a lot of people missing, so a lot of hardship going on. So our good thoughts to everybody down there dealing with that. But... Moving on, uh, so we'll get into our list yep. here, and then what do we got? Uh, Dwayne, I don't know much about ECW, but I'll bet you could think of our number one. Uh, but I'm going to start from number ten, and like I said, it's kind of a random two through ten, or it could, I'm sorry, actually two through four could be interchangeable, and th- the top three are pretty much set in stone for me. Mm-hmm. But do you have a ten, a top ten list? I do. I have it right here in front of me. All right. Well, um, what, why don't we do this? I'm gonna give my top, my number ten. Then okay. you give your number ten. All right. And we'll go Let's back and forth. Compare. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So for my number ten, I've got two time tag team champions, Balls Mahoney and Spike Dudley. <laughs> yep. Uh, I go ahead. I think they beat the Dudleys twice in the span of like two months and traded them traded back, back and forth, forth. in '99. Yeah. And it was just a fun. Pairing, you know, spikes this little shit, you know, and then you got balls, balls, Mahoney, yeah, the and chairs and everything. This comes back to like I was saying, I love odd pairing tag yeah. teams. And this is about There's, as odd as you get. It's one of my favorite things. I got a few odd pairings on this list, so just just to warn you. All righty. So, Marvin, you're number ten, sir. My number ten, I have the the Unholy Alliance. 
Ooh. Speaking of, uh, is Mikey Ripwreck and Jerry. Ooh, I do like that. I team. did have, you know, when Mikey was the, I guess, all grown up, so to speak, and he had like the colored, colored hair and stuff oh, like that. When and, they made him like evil. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> the sinister minister in and, the corner. Yeah. <laughs> was that his name? I forgot about. Yeah, it. yeah. Father James Mitchell in TNA. Yeah. Uh, James Vandenberg in WCW when okay. he managed Mortis and Wrath. Yeah. Uh, he was the sinister minister in ECW. All right. Best name out of the three, mm-hmm. I think. For sure. But no, that's a great call. They held it. it they were one of the last tag champs in 2000. But yeah. they, not a long run, but they were a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the, uh, I think most of their matches were against uh, the FBI, uh, Mama Luke and Guido. Yeah, like I, well, I do remember one of them, the one night stand pay-per-views where they had a triple threat tag team match. Mm-hmm. And it was like the Unholy Alliance versus like, Two members of the FBI and uh, and I forget who the third team was. Well, it was it was uh, balls and somebody wasn't. No, it? I want to say super crazy and somebody else. Hmm. But I'd have to go back and watch it yep. again. Yeah, I know their uh, last on the last pay per view they did before one night stand. It was uh, FBI, Tajiri and Mikey, and then Super Crazy and Kid Cash was the third team. Okay, in a three way, it was okay. a lot. It was a lot of fun. All right, number nine. Uh, I'm going kind of old school, like to the like the the OG ECW. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Mad Dogs of War, the Pitbulls, are my number nine. Okay, uh, just one uh, one run with the tag titles for them, but uh, Pitbull number what? two was a TV champion at one point. Yeah, I was gonna say. Then I thought they had a couple of runs, but one of them had a singles. Uh, maybe more than one. Uh, I th- I thought just the one, but I have to go back and do well, some research. Yeah. yeah. But, but after 95, they never had another. Right. I mean, I think they were doing their own thing. Yeah. Like uh, Gary had neck problems, Pitbull number one, and then Pitbull number two went yeah. defeated with uh, Shane Douglas over the TV title. I, I have them on my honorable mentions. Not, okay. not going to lie. Um, A great finish. I, I like them. I like the fact that they got over with their names Pitbull one and Pitbull two. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they were almost ECW's version of the Road Warriors. Yeah, that right. big muscly, uh, yeah, like, if you want ass to compa- kicking team, you know? if you want to compare, that's some, yeah, that would be the closest thing to right. compare to. Yeah. All right, uh, your number nine. My number Marvel. nine. I had. You might not like it, uh, because you just mentioned them a little bit ago. Oh, uh, Raven and oh no, I'm sorry, I misread that. Uh, it's actually Raven and Stevie. Okay. Yeah, I hey, misread that. <laughs> I, lo- I love the dynamic between yep. those two guys, with Stevie being the, the clueless lackey for mm-hmm. Raven. Hey, what do you got to do, boss? Hey, what you mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. It was you like the, good. It was like the cartoon dogs. He's like, hey, Jeff, hey Spike, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? What you- yeah, what are we going to do, Spike? You shut up. <laughs> plus, plus uh, that pairing is what gave us the stunning and vivacious Beulah McGillicuddy, who was, I had a, I had a bit of a crush on in high school. Mm. It was Trish Stratus for me, but well, I, she was up there too. Even as a even smaller child, it would be actually Kimberly Hart from Mighty Mark Power Rangers series. But ah, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people say that. For yeah. me, when I was younger, it was Topanga. Who is that? Topanga from Boy Meets World. Oh, oh. yes, yeah. I, I did watch a few episodes, but it, that wasn't in my wheelhouse right. at the time. So. As far as wrestling girls go, I saw a centerfold in Pro Wrestling Illustrated Tommy Dreamer, where he had Beulah and Kimono Wanalea with him. Yeah. So that poster went on my wall. I was, I was all about Beulah. <laughs> nice. And then in 96, 95, I like Sonny, you know. Of course. I'll, I'll be what she evolved into. His, yeah, train she, she was a person I got to meet face to face. Yeah, she did a Zero One show she did. last year. She did. Uh, how, was, yeah. how was she? 
Um, well, I'm. I think she got in trouble just a few days after I, she. She. Yeah. You know. I think you're right. So. Yeah. So. Let's we talk about. Yeah, that. we won't go too far into that. Yeah. Number eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you've nailed the uh, the segue and the sidestep for. My phone just went to sleep. Give me a second. And there we go. All right. Number eight. Two-time ECW Tag Team Champions. I also went with Mikey Whipwreck, but I got Cactus Jack. Ah, uh, okay. Remember when they beat the Public Enemy? Yeah, the first they were. Yeah, they were both two-time tag team champions. Yeah, and I read like the second time that they won, it was a it was a two, against Two Cool Scorpio, and it was just a one-on-one match. Yeah, because the Sandman Scor- wasn't there. Yeah, Scorpio was the the TV champion and tag team yeah. champion, and he put both of those titles on the line against and Mikey. Mikey. And yeah. then Cactus just came out and was like. I'm his partner. I'm right. His partner. Yeah, Cactus kind of like just piggybacked on Mikey. It seems like that happened a lot in the ECW days. Yeah. Formats were not saying a myth. it's not it's bad, but it's yeah. booking it sheets were a, a myth in ECW, yeah. I think. <laughs> All right. Your number eight. Uh, yes. I had I'm probably being generous. Uh <laughs> a public enemy. Oh wow. Yeah. Number eight. I had that well, you know, like I, I we were talking about before, there was like Kind of a limited choice in, as far as e, ECW, right? You know, and you know th- they had their popular run in ECW for sure, yeah. not in other promotions as yeah. you may or may not know. Not the most popular team in other promotions, right? But the in ECW, were not a fan. yeah, definitely. <laughs> but in ECW, they they were a top tag team. But uh, yeah, honestly, I'm gonna uh, admit I've got the public gonna be higher on my list than number. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, a good call. I enjoy them in ECW again, not so much in WCW, w, WWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because they didn't do a whole lot. The story I heard is they almost ruined it for the Dudleys because when the Dudleys went from ECW to WWF, they were still kind of oh, kind of a little hesitant they, they about, were a little ECW guys. about ECW guys coming in. I remember the Dudleys debuting. That's it was kind of quiet. It was on SmackDown. It wasn't yeah. like didn't a, they just like show up out of nowhere. They just showed up and just started fighting the acolytes. I think that's what. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, number seven. Uh, one of my favorite teams from WCW, but they also had a tag title run in ECW. It's is the uh, from the Triple Threat, the original Triple Threat, Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's uh, well. I guess me and you have something in common because I have them as number seven oh, as well. Oh wow! Nice. Yes. Um, but something I didn't know with like. I was only aware of Triple Threat through, with the uh, DVDs, you know, the ECW DVDs and stuff right. like that. And the ones that were constant was Candido, uh, Shane Douglas, and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Right. That's, I think, the greatest incarnation of the Triple Threat. Well, well in my research in doing this, I did, I stumbled across, it was like, uh, there was like 12 different people there in this group. There was quite a few. Brian Lee it was, was one of yeah, them. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Brian Lee, um, you know, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and... I think it was, no, not Eddie. Um, yeah, it was Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit were tag team champions right. when they were at the Triple Threat. And, and Dean was the TV champion. Yeah, yep. And it was, So they had all the titles. Lance Storm was apparently in it at one he was, time. He was a prospect. He was never a full-fledged member, but he okay. was teaming with Candido at the time. Yeah, and Two Cold Scorpio was in it briefly, apparently, from what I've right. seen. The Eliminators for a yep. bit were. And, yeah, I have... That's what I have. Yeah, yeah. Number and this guy I, named Supreme. I don't know if you. I'm not real familiar with Supreme, but no. I, I I love the Triple Threat. Uh, Shane yeah. Douglas is my favorite ECW wrestler. Yeah, because he was has. Like, yeah, he was like I don't want to ever say he was their flair because he hates flair. But uh, 
Uh, for all you baseball fans, uh, Aaron Judge has hit number 62 against the Texas Rangers. Marco just put it on the thread there. So, hats off to him. And uh, Narge, I'm going to, before I mention this, are you sure? <laughs> you teased this last week. He has, uh, he's teased about possibly coming out of retirement for one more match. He says, does Marvin want a piece of the pain train? And then he says, David Cavazos, book it. Well, I mean, I'm right here. You know where to find me. I'm on the socials. Yeah, yeah well. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, if this is something that Narge is serious about doing, uh, I, he tagged David Cavazos, said David Cavazos, book it. Menders is basically calling your punk card. <laughs> Marvin, you're getting called out, except... Uh, I'm, I'm not right going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if if it does happen, I will probably be managing the pain train just out of loyalty because he's my buddy. But no, uh, no. but I don't know. It uh, the ball is in zero one USA's court. I guess uh, Narge is sticking with it. He. I was wondering if after last week if he was going to still uh, have the challenge out just to to work another one more match. But he didn't have an opponent in mind. He just said whoever. But. Uh, <laughs> He is at the bar, hey, though, because you would take that with a grain of salt. If he, I mean, like like I said, if he wants to go up against Marvin Mania, I mean, he's just not fighting me. He's fighting all the Marvin Mania. That's right. Out you got the pe- you got, you're going to have the people behind you. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And you don't want to mess with the fans. No, no, no. No, Especially no, those fans. Sir, yes. Those fans think it's real. <laughs> God bless them. Yeah, I mean, God bless them indeed. God bless them. Yeah, Menders gave me a detailed warning about the Zero One fans. The first time I went to a show, she's like, all right, well, those they people can be very are loyal. very intense and yes. very vocal. Yes, that is for sure. And yes. Like I said, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's great. You you don't want them sitting on their hands, man. You want no. them to be into it. No, yeah. They're all definitely right. into it, that's yes. sure. So, all right, back to the list here. Number six. Yep. Uh, I mentioned them briefly earlier. Uh, Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Just because, how does this happen? I, I have them as number six as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> no joke. I mean, it's right like, there. Man, maybe I should be managing you. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I can manage the low lives. I can. I, I like the song. I have camouflage pants somewhere. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So we both have Raymond the Dreamer number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they actually did hold it a couple times. I want to say they did a couple times, but uh, when I was reading them, Raven's return to ECW when he helped Dreamer beat the Dudleys and win the titles was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was, that was definitely the first time. That was That's, that was the yeah. first episode on TNN, actually. Was it really? Yeah, because it was the Dudleys last night in the company. Okay. So at the end of the show, they were going to walk out with the belts and take them to WWF, and then Dreamer came out, and they he was wrestling one-on-two. And then at the end, Raven came out, ddt Bubba and pinned mm-hmm. him, and they won the tag titles yep. out of the blue. And it was Raven's night back from WCW. Yeah. But, yeah. It was just awesome. The crowd, same deal. ECW crowd was white hot. It was in Queens. It wasn't at the ECW arena. But Dudley's didn't even want to leave ECW at all. No, they just... They just wanted one dollar more, and they Yeah, they just wanted it. Paul to make some sort of a commitment to to want to give him a little bit more. But hey, Paul had to do it, you know. Yeah. You, business you, you is business. Gotta, yeah, business is business, and you got to do what you got to do for your family. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, number five. Uh, I've got the gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa. You too? Serious? You're did you? Say, yeah, did you I swear to God. List? No, I swear to God. Number what? Number five, right there. Like the gangsters. <laughs> I'll be there. not yep. the gangsters. Yep, the, the gangsters. Oh, I got I got the TAS at the end there. So yeah, New Jack and Mustafa. Just yep. Number one, I loved their entrance using natural born killers. Yeah, I can't remember how it goes, but I got like you know. Yeah, we can't sing it anyway because well, I don't want right, to do the rights fees. But uh, but no, they just. 
everything that you saw of New Jack after the gangsters broke up was the gangsters. It was mm-hmm. bringing the big bucket of weapons out and just just a madness. But they were so fun to watch mm-hmm. when you weren't wrestling them. Especially against New Jack. Yeah. Don't don't piss him off. Oh yeah, because he he brings real knives. I'm I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure you've seen the uh, Dark Side of the Rain. Oh, episode, Mass Transit. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, gosh. Such a weird. Don't mess with him. <laughs> oh, such a weird situation all around. The kid lied about his age apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, to I don't get him in. Yeah. I don't see how New Jack would get in trouble if he was the one lying and saying yeah, and this, then, that, or and the then other. The kid asked New Jack to blade him, which yeah. is just stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. But anyway, I'm yep. not going to digress on we that. We digress. We digress indeed. All right, so we both have that for number five. Number four. All right, I'm going to see if you have this one for number four. Okay. All right, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. I don't have it. This <laughs> is where the winning streak in, the, the streak ends. The, yes. Um, I have... All right, all right, go ahead. What uh, are you saying? Number one, just... No, they're such a fun tag team. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, both high flyers, but very different, though. Van Dam was more polished, you know, doing the martial arts stuff. Sabu was just yeah. a madman. Just he did the high flying, but it was the rust style high flying. Right, right. Say, yeah. The match they had, and we used to do this thing on the show where we would pick a match and like, talk about it for uh, for a segment. And mm-hmm. one episode we did was uh, Heat Wave '98 with Van Dam and Sabu against Hayabusa and Jinzaki from uh, Japan. Yep. And it was uh, such a great match. Uh, it's all four of the guys. Sabu and Hayabusa are fun to watch in them because they're very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinzaki is Hakushi from WWE back yeah. in the mid '90s, and yeah, just just as a matchup, it was just so good. Just very even. You didn't know who was going to win, although you kind of had a feeling Van Dam was going to win on pay per view, right? But the but yeah, and then that was another deal. Where Van Dam was a double champion at the time. He was TV champion and tag champion on two occasions. Yeah, yeah. All right, your number four. My number four, this is where I have Spike Dudley and Balls Mahoney. Okay. Um, I just like, uh, I love, because it's an odd pairing, like we keep talking about, keep right. saying, you know, Spike Dudley with this huge monstrous guy, you know, and Spike Dudley just yeah. going balls to the wall crazy on, you know, the taller dudes and yeah. stuff like that. And just acting all crazy, jump from high spots, and he just did not give a, you know... I don't coach too much, but no. <laughs> but yeah, it in like the what was it? the biggest bump I think he would ever he ever took. I wouldn't say is the choke slam to the outside from when he took a choke slam from the Undertaker to the outside. Um, and this was in the WWE days. I think it was a uh, well. The one for me for him was it was a like a double like double choke slam kind of move from La Resistance. Oh, when he was, compl- yeah, he was supposed to go through the table, but it, like the, the only thing that hit, hit the, table. the table was the back of his head. I swear, I thought they killed him. I thought, oh, he, I thought he, I thought he, I thought he Well, it's his... a good, yeah, it's a good way to do it, probably. And, yeah, but yeah, it's just <laughs> because his th- feet his... got stuck in the ropes. Yeah, that was about. To say. They didn't clear. They didn't clear his feet before they nope. threw him. But uh, you know, hopefully they had learned their lesson and didn't do that again. Well, he's still alive and kicking. So. Yes, this is very true. Uh, I'm enjoying his substances from what I hear, but, you know, I'm not going to judge. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, number three. This is where I've got the public enemy. Okay. Just for the fact that for a few years, they were the face of ECW. Yeah, in the early days, for sure. Yeah, before yeah. Dreamer got over, before when Sandman was a heel, mm-hmm. uh, Douglas was doing his thing and all that. But yeah. the public enemy was like they embodied... According to Paul Heyman, they embodied the attitude of ECW. 
Right. And they brought that energy right. with the fans. Yeah. Just going, they were from Philly. So they were running the East W Arena in yeah. South Philly. So, yeah. so yeah. Um, was it? No, what was it? And what they weren't the ones that broke up and had a match against each other in that Taipei death match. No, it? no, that was the bad breed. That was Axel, Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten. Okay, okay, okay. That's who I'm thinking. Great of match. Yeah. yeah. That, I think that was the first one on the Bloodsport DVD. So I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think they went in chronological order on that DVD. Mm-hmm. But the, I'm not going to get too far into Public Enemy because we kind of yep. covered everything we need to about them. We did. So you're number three. My number three. This is where I have the legendary Dudley Boys at. Really? Yeah. Got, uh, oh, this is going to get you some heat. From uh, from our listening audience, I think. Well, I'm I'm not saying they're a terrible team, and you know they're a great team, obviously. And, but, great finish. You know, you what? Great finish. Yep. You know they're what eight time ECW Tag Team Champions. Eight times. Yeah. Eight times. Um, you know the the brainers of the, le- the table match. You know the legends. The flaming tables. And all flaming that. tables. Yes. Excuse me. Um, a little bit of both, but. It. Mm, <laughs> I sound like a, a dumb, broken record, you know. It, it, it's not like, it wasn't, it didn't capture, how do I put, I don't it even know how to put it this. It didn't capture your imagination. I guess, yeah. I mean, I knew who they were and what they did and everything like that. It's, like I said, I have more fun with the odd pairings. Yeah. Like the Rock and Saw Connection. Well, uh, I'll get, uh, I'll, I'll give my opinion on the Dudleys when they come up on my list, but, uh. It's uh, Dwayne says Team 3D number three. Come on, man. Number one, Team 3D, 3D was in, I mean, Team 3D was in TNA, sir. You're talking about the Dudley Boys. Uh, Big difference. The tie dye, the inbreeding, and the <laughs> well, they the multiple Dudley members. There were so many Dudleys so at first. Many. I'm trying. They had to like Sign Guy Dudley, Sign Guy, Big Dick Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, uh, Snot Dudley, Snot. Yeah, they actually had a Dudley Dudley. Did they really? Yeah, Dances with Dudley, the Indian. Did they have the guy in their group that who was the guy that wore the neck brace all the uh, time? Joel Gertner. Did they was he in the group with them? He was like, like their the manager. manager. He yeah. was their manager. Okay. And also their personal ring announcer. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that, well, I, well. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about him is he this would just go on this long tangents like when he was in you know, Devon Dudley, so uh, on, so right. on, so on, so on. Oh yeah. And then when he was paired up with Joey Styles on commentary, he would do those dirty limericks in the ring, and Joey would just be cringing in the background because mm-hmm. he was trying to say this shit on TV. But the, no, Joel's awesome. Actually, I reached out to him about maybe coming on at some point, but the, when he's not so busy, I think he's going to try to make it on. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two. For me, I've got the Eliminators. Perry Saturn, John Crones. Ah, uh, yeah. Three times yep. World Tag Team Champions. Yep. They beat the Dudleys on Barely Legal in the first match on pay-per-view to win their third tag titles. I think when I first seen them, I think they were uh, facing the gangsters in a steel cage match for the titles. Yes. Uh-huh. I think that's the one where they joined the triple threat. I'm not sure about that because it was like one of the many, many wrestling DVDs that I mm-hmm. have. Was it the one they had like the mass executioners on the outside Bringing weapons up to New Jack. Yeah, and he was like trying to throw him in the rain. Yeah, and I think he failed a couple times. Yeah, but yeah, because yeah, that is the same one. Because I remember that match because one of them wound up breaking the guitar over New Jack's head, and it was Shane Douglas in a yeah. mask. Yeah, so that's when. Mm-hmm. And the gangsters wound up winning the match, and the Illuminators were arguing. Then Douglas put him together and did okay. the did the three. And oh, I yeah. I have a that you're I have that a borderline well. Rain Man memory for some of this stuff. So. It's all good, man. 
All right. So that the Commanders is my number two. Just such a fun team. Uh, worked in the martial arts and the high flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're number two, sir. My number two. This is where I had Sabu and RVD. Okay. Um, I I just like uh, I love their high flying because they were both technically high flyers. You know, I mean, yeah. Sabu did the high flying stuff, but. And like you said, Ron Van Dam was the more smoother of the high yeah. flying, and Sabu was the rough and tough. And yeah. Van and Dam stuff made like it look that. cooler. And they also had, you know, a great one on one rivalry too. Yeah. I would, I mean, they had a stretcher match at one time. I yeah. remember seeing. So. I remember that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, they're my. That's why they're my number two. Is I remember they were very entertaining yes. as a tag team, and they're a good rivalry at that. They say you can't have a good tag team unless you have two really good singles wrestlers and that was definitely the case with them nah, uh, plus a case a, of many many plus a very important cog in the van damme sabu machine was one mr bill alfonso on the floor yes yes the manager of champions for a reason and mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah so uh, they're definitely one of my favorites to watch so I'm, I'm down with that all right so we are to our number one and uh i'm going to Defer here. I'm going to let you go first with your number one because I'm dying to know who beat the Dudley Boys for number one. On here. <laughs> well, I guess I'm prepared for the heat or something because, and I, my number one, I absolutely love the pairing of Cactus Jack and Mikey Ripwreck. Okay. Uh, you know, because Mikey played the role of, you know, the nervous, overwhelmed guy who's just trying to be a wrestler. The and he's like, underdog. Yeah. It, he won the. I think it was before or after they won the titles. Cactus was like, Mikey, you did it. You did it. He's like, and Mikey was, just, I can't remember what he, Mikey or uh, what Cactus said exactly, but Mikey was just it's, like, he's like, crying. He's like, man, I'm going to die. And yeah. Cactus was like, it's like, the public yeah, enemy is so going to be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were definitely, definitely one of my, because like Mikey was, I guess you could say, kind of like me in Zero One. He was the he's the lovable underdog that nobody thought, you know, could make it in the promotion. And look what happened. Right. And he, I don't know if you know this, but he was actually the first and might be the only one in ECW history to win all the titles because uh, he won the tag, TV, and the heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the only one, but yeah, I think I, he was the yeah. first. Yeah, he was definitely the first. Was, I, I know. Don't, I know Taz did it. Did he, he win the? Yeah, he did win. Sabu? He did win the TV title and with yeah. Sabu. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Sabu did it. Yep. And actually, those two guys held all four because they were yeah both they FDW were part of my champions. honorable mentions. Yeah, I almost put them on the list. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I can't argue. I can't complain about Cactus and Mikey getting up at the top. Of no, the list I mean because they, they were, were a fun team. Yeah, they were a lovable, oh, yeah. lovable because it was like you know, just so different. Oh yeah. Uh, so my number one, I mean, it, I thought it was a no brainer. I got the Billy boys. Number one, just number one. Nobody could touch them for their record for number of tag title runs yeah, with eight. For sure. Uh, nobody could get heat like they could no. with their promos. I mean, they did not help hold they, back they, at all. I mean, they incited riots regularly yeah. at ECW shows that, uh, uh, hardcore heaven, I think it was 1999, he cut Bubba cut the promo on the woman in the in the front row. Oh, about the about, daughter teaching. Yeah, uh-huh. the, we'll say he suck hot dogs. And uh, yeah, and then and then he goes out on the floor and he's like right in her face. And he's like, "Come on, hit me, hit me, whore!" And I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> somebody's gonna take a swing at him." And I bet people took swings at Bubba I can, more than once. I remember having an experience like that. It was when I first became a security guard for the Low Life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at you know the Low Life Takeover show. 
and uh, Ralph, uh, rated Ralph. I don't know. He was our rain announcer for the longest time of zero one. Mm-hmm. You know, special shout out to him. Um, <laughs> it was like at one time we got in his face. They were talking and blah blah blah, and all of a sudden we beat him up, took him to a corner. And we plugged in some like hair clippers. Oh no! And I was like one of the guys that was holding him down as we were like shaving an L in his head or on the top of his head. Oh. And uh, I remember, you know, of course, you know, babyface green Marvin doesn't know really what the heck he's doing or what to do exactly when something happens. There was like two or three guys just getting like right there in front of my face, just calling me "you disrespectful piece of crap." How dare you do this? This is ridiculous. I'm just like, oh my god, what the. F- you know, but I'm just like playing he, that. The heat but is real. It was insane because I also remember like putting up signs throughout the show too, like you know during in between matches and stuff like that. It's like we run this, we run, and people would go up like to the ring apron, tear that tape off, take the signs down, rip them in pieces. And when we were doing like autograph signings and stuff like that, you know, during intermission, people were taking those and just throwing them in our faces. Wow. And, and now we're like one of the most over yeah. tag teams in zero one. So. Something I do want to ask about because, like I said, Menders fills me in on what I miss when I can't mm-hmm. make it to the shows. Christian Rose came back at yes, the last he did. show. Yes, he did. Is he still with the Low Lifes, or well, is he just by himself now? He's kind of by himself right now because, like, I mean, he's got this uh, them damn coyote group going on. Mm-hmm. I believe that's. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and we got our thing, and like we were in a, just sitting in a meeting with him. You know, he said all of a sudden he just. Got up and said he was going to get a pack of smokes and just never came back. Oh wow! Yeah, I was I was just curious because I know he was kind of he was your heavyweight champion for a while. Yeah, yeah. We then, I made sure that stayed like that for a while. Right, right. Hey, you're you're good at what you do, man. You're well, a thank you very capable much. security guard. Better than that uh, monkey butt Tony. Yeah, uh, Mender's very excited that Christian Rose came back. In the there was a lot of people like oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure she were. was excited about uh, Empress of Evil coming back too. Oh, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, she uh, she got, I can't remember what was happening exactly, but uh, she was in a match, and she got drunk, you know, lights went out all of a sudden, and, like, these two druids came out of, from out of nowhere, uh, drug her out of the rain, took okay. her in the back. Yeah, Menders told me about that, but I didn't know that she actually went back to the old gimmick. Well, I mean, last I seen her, you know, uh, she was, like, the Empress of Evil. Huh. So, yeah. I'll be darned. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. You got to come to the next show and see I, what happens. I will be there. I will have on my jumping the rail finery unless I can, unless we get your Marvin Mania merchandise worked out by then. Oh, it, that would be perfect timing. I'll, I'll give you, a, I got a website you can use and get them pretty, get shirts for pretty, pretty affordable. Okay. But I'll get that too before we uh, say goodbye today. All right. All Fair right. Enough, sir. All right, so that brings it into our Top 10 Tuesday, and with that, it's going to bring it into our show. We're a little bit over time from what we... It's quarter after eight. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but, man, time flies by, doesn't it? Man, this is... It's been a pretty fun experience, man. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, and now I can cross off being on a podcast of my wrestling. Yeah. And I hope you will be a, a returning visitor, whether it be via Zoom or in person. Either way, man. And and we'll hang out we'll at do the uh, Zero One shows, man. And who knows? Maybe we'll... We'll do some more stuff. I'd I'd love to do something. And don't if, don't forget, I'm going to be in that number one contenders battle royal. You're so. going to be you're going to be winning the number one contenders God, battle I royal. So. I hope so. You, I, what, what, what do I mean? I hope you've so. got. The, I got to be confident. I am good at. I'm going right. to be number one contender. I'm going to go on to the main event. I'm going to do the impossible, and I'm going to be the new uh, zero one heavyweight champion. There you go. And I'm going to beat you, Lander. 
Oh, probably not. Okay, hold on. Wait. Uh-oh. Now wait. Uh, don't. No, probably not, I, man. You gotta hold believe on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, he's got a little bit more experience than me. That's all I'm saying. But you know, the, the power of Marvin Mania and stuff right. like that. Plus, the power got, of the fans. Yeah. Plus, you got the low lives behind you, man. That that's true. I got Joe. I mean. I'm having a little problem. I, I'd rather not have that, you know, Tony out there because I've had my problems with him in the past. And yeah, but Jordan, hey, Jordan seems a little hesitant about me. Right. You, uh, got, you got Joey though, but I got Joey. Cobra. I got his back, man. Um, and he's got my back for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I saved the man's life yeah. twice from Shank Barzini. Right, right. right. If, if you haven't seen those, go on you, uh, Zero One Official on the YouTube and uh, check out those videos. Yeah. Uh, if you need me to have, I don't know, a chain or something in my pocket when if uh, if you need to just we'll give me the high sign and i can i can probably slip something to you well yeah uh, no i shouldn't you know, say that no, on the podcast you, no the, you can't do that yeah uh, no yeah i shouldn't I'll talk later all right that sounds like a plan yeah yeah no yeah all right so uh one uh one more thing i'm gonna mention before we yes, sir. before we say goodbye and this is just general show business not not show business but show business mm-hmm uh, we're gonna start doing something a little bit different with the with the podcast. Uh, as you guys all know, uh, Nar- Mike Nargelinus is no longer a regular co-host, which is which is all good. We we love him. He's always got an open invitation back. But I'm going to be going uh, at some point in the very near future. I'm going to be bringing in a new uh, new team to help me out with the podcast. Uh, it's, we got to get some logistical details and uh, keep an ear out on our Facebook page and social media, and I'll uh, fill you guys in as that happens. But there's going to be some uh, some new developments with the Jumping the Rail podcast and some Why, things we're looking forward to. I can't wait to see what those to. are. And uh, we're still going to, and I'm hoping, I haven't uh, talked over with the uh, with, with Marco, but I'm hoping to actually get some more like non-wrestling content going too, like on the show. But it was very important to me that we can still do a, a regular wrestling podcast. And uh, Marco will be the first to tell you he doesn't know shit about wrestling. And if it's just me and him, it's not. Well, we got to smart him up to the business, right? I'm, we got to get him to a zero one show. Oh, absolutely. But uh, but yeah. So in the That's interest a... of still, and my my vision of this show is always to do a wrestling podcast. But there's other stuff that Marco knows a lot about that he has a lot of opinions on. If mm-hmm. anybody knows him, knows that's the case. Uh, and then. Uh, so, yeah, so we're gonna bring in some stuff like that, sports, movies, TV, whatever, and then I'm. But I still wanted to keep a regular wrestling content going, so I'm right. going this this alternate route, as it were. Once I get the logistics all figured out, so we're gonna be kind of expanding the uh, the jumping the rail platform a little bit, and uh, yeah, so keep an ear out for that. Uh, like I said, we're not ending anything necessarily; just we're just kind of shaking things up a little bit. And with that, I'm going to say, uh, bring the show to an end. And uh, once again, JTR Pod, ProWrestlingTees.com slash JTR Pod for our merchandise. Uh, The show will drop on Thursday, Podbean, Audible, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast. And uh, I don't know what time on Thursday. It'll be sometime. uh, But it'll come up on our Facebook and Twitter and all that. Uh, my thanks to, I guess, this week, uh, Marvin Moser, the low-life thug buddy. It was awesome. You did a hell of a job. Absolute pleasure, man. Um, the future zero one USA heavyweight champion. <laughs> oh man! After October twenty second, uh, that's almost a, like a. I'm sorry, a, a, a wish in the well, <laughs> almost. Hey, you never know. Mikey Whipwreck beat Stone Cold Steve Austin in ECW. That is very true. 
So, but I I've been be told there. I'm like kind of like the might be might might be might be <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck, Spiky Whipwreck Dudley Morvin. <laughs> but uh, I will be there on the 22nd. I'm gonna try and get some Can't more wait to uh, see him, yeah. get some more crew going. We got to get Marco to a show. Get Nards out. Maybe see if he uh, put his money where his mouth is. It's the 16th uh, anniversary show. It's gonna be worth it. Oh yeah, but it's. I mean, with be... the triple threat of Anakin, Fidget, and Analog. Yes. Holy. Cow. And, Barn uh, burner. That might steal the show, to be honest. And it is at the uh, usual digs in Mattoon, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I uh, always forget the name. Bert. I always do, too. Uh, Bert. Co- uh, Menders. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Menders, help us. I can't. The Don can't Henley do Convention it. Center or something like that. Bert. David Cavasso is so happy. I know it. I just, right I have a terrible time pronouncing I it. I'm hoping Menders will jump on here. If not, I mean, you guys know where it is. It's the same building in Mattoon where it always is. Right across from a police station. Yeah. So there's never any funny business. <laughs> but with that, I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to you guys until next time. The oh, the Burgess Center. Thank you, Menders, in Mattoon. Yes. All right. Oh, I always called it the Burgess Meredith Center. Ah. But the <laughs> All right. So until next time. And also another thing I'll mention, uh, the days may change eventually for the podcast. I'm not sure what it will be yet. But again, keep it on social media. So until next time. Uh, for my buddy Marvin here, this is Redman, and I'm going to try to end this properly because <laughs> I don't have a producer with me. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see you guys later.